Well, every night I go out running Or riding my bike I like the sweat, I like the flow I get, I like the feeling of the night air Hitting my lungs I like the feeling of rain While sticking out my tongue Sometimes I like to pretend I'm on a secret mission Sometimes I'm just making sure it's not something out there happening That I'm missing And I swear to you I get a real high from it Fuck alcohol and fuck all that shit and fuck TV Let's meet up in our bikes down by the old train bridge I'll race you downtown and I'll show you what you miss from me inside And let's live our lives tonight Let's ride our bikes into the Okay, we're starting this. Welcome, folks, to the Garrett Schalke podcast. I am your host, Garrett Schalke, and uh, we are back in Kalamazoo, and uh, I'm talking once again with uh, my editor, Psychedelic Guru, and still current champion as longest guest on this podcast, Zachary Allenblad. Pow! And uh, we've been having arousing conversations on various things before this podcast. That's the <laughs> way we are. Yeah. We're that damaged. It's true. But uh, we were talking about Bitcoin. And yeah, I should ask, ask you now because this happened, uh, I think, right, either right before or after we last met in uh, January. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think about the whole uh, game stonks? Oh, the stonks. Yeah. I well, I will preface this by saying my uh, understanding of short sales and short squeezes is very limited. Uh, but I have played to some ex- like to some extent and to some success with the stock market. So like I'm more familiar than someone who doesn't yeah, use like it at like all, me who doesn't know shit. Right. Man. Well, even like the simplest explanations I've read about it, a lot of it's still just. Dude, it's even people who go to to like masters and and like advanced degree level understanding of the stock market don't understand the stock market. Like yeah. it's a nebulous fucking rabbit hole that never ends and cannot be defined and it's very strange. But the the stonks thing is funny because it's sort of a it's analogous in my opinion to what what the ridiculous behavior that was going on in the late 1920s was where like you have like uh, Charlie Chaplin <laughs> acting like he was informed on the stock market. Like, come <laughs> on, dude. <laughs> and, and he fucks up and he yeah. jumps out the window. Right. Like, like Buster Keaton kind of thing. Exactly. Well, like all those like celebrities, it was the Hollywood debutantes were speculating on all these stock trades. Yeah. And it's very similar to that. Like you can get, you can go from zero to fucked so fast you can your your entire life savings can evaporate in a matter of seconds if you play the stock market especially if you don't know what you're doing and if you just start pouring money into dumb shit it can severely affect your ability (laughs) to like retire and take care of your family like it's it's sort of equivalent to gambling in a way um and, and like that's speculation specifically though. So like there's stop gaps built into the trading process, right? So you can, you can sort of 
protect yourself from losing everything so fast. Um, but in terms of the the GME, like the GameStop stock, I didn't participate in that event at all, and I and I watched it, but didn't very closely follow it. But from what I had gathered, someone who is in the know in the financial world um, noticed that a couple of major hedge funds had um, basically feud, like shorted the futures of GameStop. Like they were basically yeah. predicting that it was going to decrease, and that's sort of bolstered by the fact that GameStop has regularly been in the news for like doing really nefarious things to their employees and for like shutting down stores and for oh. having problems with the COVID stuff and all, all sorts of things. So oh. that's sort of evidence to why they thought the stock was going to basically go down to, to yeah, zero. GameStop yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does. I mean, anyone who bra- bra- yeah. <laughs> brand new, brand new PS five, uh, Oh yeah, we could buy that for uh, four dollars. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I mean, I might have stepped foot into a GameStop two or three times in the last five years, and usually it's on a lark. You know, like you. It used to be I would go there to look for used Nintendo games, but once they stopped selling used Nintendo games, I stopped going to GameStop because <laughs> you can get you know modern Class A titles and consoles anywhere. Like, why would I go to GameStop when it's just, like, a bunch of really irritating teenagers? Like, I don't want to interact with anyone in that store. (laughs) Like, why would I ever go there? Yeah, when it came to this, I watched it because I was... Because despite my cynicism and how black-pilled I am, there is still a little part of me that's that excited young 20-something who's mm. all like, yeah, bring it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, destroy course. Wall Street. But it's like, really, <laughs> we're... Unlikely. It's really that we're cheering on money being taken away and, and fucking over other oligarchs for, like, Smaller, much lesser internet edgelord oligarchs, and that's that's precisely <laughs> the fact because it's still money changing hands from people in the know to other folks in the know. It's not a democracy. It's been framed as a democratization or a redistribution of wealth, and that's not what it is. Well, well, it also well, it did technically. Prove uh, actually, that, it kind of is what it is well, in, it did, in it this did, particular case. Well, it did prove how uh, undemocratic and. That Wall Street is after they shut it down. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing that I didn't even touch on, and that's a huge point. Dude, when Robinhood just stopped trading on yeah. that, and then they tried to cover their asses, like, oh, well, it was because the clearinghouse wasn't fully funded to do all of these rapid yeah. trades, and it's like wait, that wait. is horseshit. It's dude. like, wait Fuck a minute, you. wait a minute, that's not in the rules. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, and like I haven't traded in on Robinhood in a long time. Um, I have I have several brokerage accounts, and that's not one that I kind of used often because largely because I my investment strategy does not necessarily involve day trading at all, or even just stock trading. I kind of like to do index funds and and stuff for me. Stuff for me that I then pay you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, or I fund my my IRA and I use those funds and those funds are on a different brokerage than Robinhood. So it's just, you, you know, I think it's best to be very diverse, you know. So 
uh, and and here's my <laughs> here's here's the the non financial advice because I'm not a professional. Um, the the tips and tricks from the borderline vagabond here. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, take your money and bury it in a fucking hole. That's, oh, that's, well, dude, that's, that's my advice. Dude, that's classic advice. <laughs> take it and put it under your couch where your girlfriend can find it. Make sure okay. that you, okay, that's bad. You know, put it, put it in between the folds of your cum rag in your dresser drawer for your mother to find. No, it's... Okay, that's bad. No, it, I think it's been scientifically proven that if you stash shit into jars and, and dig them into the earth... Yep, you'll mo- always find lear- it again. Literally, Mother Nature will protect you every, all your finances. Yeah. No, I... So, and now only just partially joking... Um, I think it's good to have a lot of things. Like we were talking about collectibles earlier, and that's not a good investment strategy, but it can be an investment strategy. And then, of course, there's you know precious metals, which is a thing that I got really into in the yeah, like, 2011, yeah, yeah, 2012 yeah, you were, era. Yeah, you were the guy that saw like a Yahoo, a Yahoo News article that saw ads. <laughs> Ron Paul war into America. And you clicked on it and you immediately bought the gold it told you to. It told you to buy. No, those things, the Gerald Salenti scam on yeah. coast to coast and shit, like yeah. that was all you were buying futures in silver, not buying actual silver, and that's why it was so bullshit. Oh like, that, well during the game stocks thing that that was the thing too, because uh I guess the strategy was like basically buff up GameStop and all these other failing enterprises like AMC. Yeah, they would then have to sell the stock to the people. Yeah, but then, like, the the oligarchs on Wall Street were like, hey, uh, this is fun and all, but have you considered silver? And then everyone's (laughs) like, no, no, don't fall for it. Keep the line. No, share a Joker meme of him burning the fuck, burning the money in Dark Knight, saying it's about sending a message. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Well, last I checked, gold was down like two hundred dollars an ounce, sort Mm -hmm. of as a result of this whole this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. During Game Songs too, when they were talking like GameStop, AMC, I immediately said, "Wait, can I invest in like?" Uh, family video still. I know. I know that just like shutter all its locations, but they're like still. Where did all that guy's CBD go? He's just bathing in it. Like he's got yeah. a CBD hot yeah. tub. Yeah, all that CBD, all those like two for a dollar rentals. Man, I don't think I ever once went to a family video. I don't think ever uh, one time. Yeah, I drove past him a hundred thousand times, but I don't think I ever went to one because oh, they weren't sad. a thing. When I was renting videos, Blockbuster or Hollywood videos, where we went, like there was a, you remember the huge Hollywood video on campus? Yeah. The three story thing with a Starbucks yeah. in it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the yeah. one I went to like early yeah. on. That's where like, I, like I first watched, uh, God, what's that fucking conspiracy video? Loose Change? No, <laughs> no, not Loose Change. It was something else that came out at a time, but. It's supposed to be like a, a vision of a better world. It's like this techno crack anarchist future. I don't think I remember this. Like, one. it had like prison planet imagery on it. You're supposed to break out of it. Hmm. It has like three, three of them. Was this an Alex Jones video? No, it's not. Okay. Alex Jones clips are used, though. Okay. Zeitgeist. 
Zeitgeist. Oh, Zeitgeist. I remember oh. that, dude. You know, I always <laughs> threw Zeitgeist in the same category as... Did you ever watch the movie What the Bleep Do We Know? No, I heard of it. Yeah, dude, it's the same thing to me. It's like, oh, dude, did you realize that there's this whole mystical, spiritual level to yeah, existence that you haven't been able to tap into? Do drugs! Like, It's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> But <laughs> dude, that video is basically saying you can like shout at water and change its crystalline structure and shit. Really? Like, yeah, it's fucking bizarre. Sure, you sure they weren't saying watch anime? <laughs> <laughs> basically, that that was a part of it too. Actually, Alex uh, Jones is in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, a uh, fun fact: when uh, this pandemic began, one of the things I was doing because I was so bored and paranoid and sad is that uh, I watched all three Zeitgeist movies. They were available on. YouTube. Wow. Some 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 like conspiracy new age guy put it up along with like a bunch of art documentaries. So I just spent an entire weekend just destroying my brain matter Dude, watching Zeitgeist. I gotta and, tell and, you and, about and, uh, oh all, and all this wonderful like two thousand CGI imagery like yes, the shitty yes. planet that's covered in a cage then like the cage explodes. Yes. When I watched all of that stuff, man, that was back when I was living with Kenny at this undisclosed location in downtown Kalamazoo, dude. We were stealing Wi-Fi from the business that was like <laughs> down the street from us. And so like that do you do you ever do have we even talked on this podcast about david wilcock do you know who that is wait is it's like oh, a new age he was part of the like 2012 is going to be a spiritual awakening wait, we're going Will, to ascend to the cox c-o-c-o-c-k wilcock oh not not the, oh, the x uh yeah, not with an x oh, okay well wilcock I don't david think... wilcock Maybe I'm not sure. He he was like lumped in with all the coast to coast AM guys, and he's on Ancient Aliens now. But back then, wait, is he like the big the guy with the he's got a big hair? forehead? No, that's Giorgio. And he, and he does this. That's Giorgio Sukalos. Oh, I'm glad you know these. <laughs> so David Wilcock um, was releasing all these videos in 2010 and 2011 about how like the global consciousness shift was going to occur in 2012. Uh, you remember this? The yes, man of the mind Yeah, I remember thing. 2012. So, I, dude, I remember a movie made out of that. Too. Right, right. Dude, there was, and he was, he's part of all this thing. His, his like world is called the divine cosmos is like his website. And, like, uh. So listen, this, here's how this guy got all of his information, right? right. He has dreams where he contact, you know, so first really? background information, you need to know this. He is the reincarnation of Edgar Cayce. Oh, okay. So that's that's the thing. Like legit. that's Sounds why legit. he's famous. That's why people like take him seriously. I, I mean, if David like, Icke could be the reincarnation of Jesus, why not? There you go, dude. So anyway, this guy um, has communication with the same like source body of knowledge that um, Edgar Casey was had access to, and he has dreams, and then writes down the dreams, and in these dreams they're prophetic, and that's what he uses to basically, hmm. um, so then he then he parlayed that ability into remote viewing. Are, are you familiar with oh, this yes, concept? I am. Okay. So apparently he's an expert at remote viewing as well. And then that allowed him to start remote viewing into like a place in, in space-time where he could then sort of directly receive messages from this being he called Ra. Very original. Ra. (laughs) Not the Egyptian god Ra. I don't don't recall what his interpretation of it was, but basically 
uh, then he was being guided to all of these like people that could connect him to to various different um, uh, like knowledge bases or whatever like secret government people but he can't reveal his sources of course those sources say that and so the he did a lot will, of that the truth will shit. come out soon enough right so the the very first video that I watched from this guy was like maybe 2010 okay and it was this speech at uh, like Gaiam TV convention or something like it was before that because it was before that existed but yeah. it was these two people I don't re- it was a, a man and a woman and I don't remember the name of their their um, business or whatever it was but they were basically hosting him to speak at this conference and then they videotaped it put it on YouTube and that's what I was watching basically at first it was on Google video and then it got put on YouTube so it was kind of when all of that was happening too so I'm on a pirated internet connect like this is the (laughs) the wild west days right like you know downloading shit on BitTorrent in one one panel (laughs) and then like watching all these crazy fringe things like downloading Rachel Maddow show on podcasts in iTunes like I was like edgy 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 stuff like (laughs) Craig Kilborn no not Craig Kilborn who's the guy who was Keith Olbermann? Oh, I, I, I watched Keith Olbermann back then a lot. And so, anyway, anyway I mean, that, what are you gonna do? Tell me next, man. I downloaded this Bill Maher skit. They didn't want. They didn't want you to. Oh see yeah, it. Bill Ma- Real Talk with Bill Ma- whatever his podcast was, <sighs> oh, dude. Yeah. I was that that shows you where my dude, brain was at dude, around for, this time. Former, 2010, former guest and comedian Scott Ryan just despises <laughs> Bill Maher. I, I, I dislike the guy. I. I I'm ideologically very different from where I was back He's then. He's a dickhead. But, dude, dude, David David Wilcock, you have just got to look at I'll, this guy's I'll, stuff. I'll, I'll look him up. And because, of course, when 2012 happened and nothing, and happened. nothing happened, this guy had to... I mean, this dude ate the biggest foot of them all because he, it was like the days leading up to it. It's just like every every ten minutes he was posting shit on his website, and it's just like, like the, the it's coming, here. dude. Today it's like seven fifty nine p. I don't think he ever said a specific time. Ten like, seconds left. Right? Goodbye, everyone. And the next morning, it was like, well, what's what the truth is is that. It really is more symbolic, and it's already happened. Uh, it's just like, wait, what? No, no. That, you were talking like the that, fucking entire fabric of existence was going to invert, and time was going to have three dimensions, <laughs> and space was only going to have one instead of uh, space having three dimensions and time only <laughs> having one. So you're telling me that we're still living in three-dimensional space, right? <laughs> Dude... It was just yeah, the most well, ridiculous you know, it shit. Was, it wasn't a physical change. It was a <laughs> spiritual change. And you need to be this level of spirituality to experience it. So, so I want you to picture me back then. And, and, and the me that you need to picture is I'm completely covered in, in restaurant grease from like <laughs> deep frying things all day. I have a ponytail down to my ass cheeks and a huge nasty beard. And I'm just chain smoking camel lights, right? So... So I'm watching these David Wilcock wait, uh, videos wait, uh, what, and Zeitgeist what, what, or whatever. What uh, book do you have where like you're in your barista outfit, but you have like a gun to your head? Yeah, that's the second one. That's a, a new way home. Yeah, so you're uh, kind of in that mode there. Yeah, that was that was definitely that time. Which, Absolutely. Which yeah, a quick, right then. A quick aside. Uh, 
Yeah, you didn't get caught with that gun when you got when you took that picture. It's a car. prop gun. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that's yeah, it's fun. a prop gun. Wasn't like your manager. Hey, I need to do this for my. I book. was the manager. I, oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. They have, no, the cooks helped me. They thought it was hilarious. Dude. <laughs> okay. They thought it was the funniest shit ever. Okay, yeah. when you're a manager, you can do anything. <laughs> I should know because that's what the managers at my job act like all the time. It was like four a.m., like four or five a.m. when we did that too. So, Perfect. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, back to the story. You're sitting there watching yeah, the clock go down. Uh, it, yeah, well, I I just I wanna I wanna illustrate the type of person I was, and it's like I'm surrounded in like empty bottles of Red Bull and like Heineken and like chain smoking in my bedroom, and like the walls are dripping with like tobacco juice and stuff. Like I don't have you ever you know like every other house in the Vine neighborhood back yeah, then, pretty much, you know. And, and so that was my life, right? I was this little, like, internet rat that was like, I'm on the cutting edge of knowledge. I fucking know more about this shit than anybody. But I never took it serious. Like, I wasn't, I didn't think anything was going to happen in 2012. I just, I, I thought, like, I was consuming that content. I, I wanted to know everything about it. all the guys that were on Ancient Aliens. I read all their books. Childress and Wilcock and George Norrie from Coast to Coast or all yeah. the dudes on Giorgio Sukalos. Like, I was way in on all that stuff. And, like, we've talked on the podcast before. That was kind of the impetus for some of my original traveling, like going to the pyramids, going to Machu Picchu, going to the Nazca Lines, going and scuba diving um, in Belize on the, on the reef. Like, that was directly associated with weird ass like hallucinogen dreams that I had about like being shown like the new like the new iteration of of consciousness uh by a weird boatman in Belize. Like <laughs> and, you know <laughs> but like then of course I get to Belize and it's like nothing like my dream was and I'm just mm. like partying on a beach with some guy named Edwin and I'm like Okay, cool. <laughs> I like I think the prophetic dream was go to Belize, spend $750 and live like a king for a week and then come back and like you're you're not like elevating your own consciousness, you're just getting drunk. Yeah, I, I'm not elevating my consciousness, but I am doing a lot of awesome drugs. So, <laughs> there was, kinda, yeah, there was so, some drugs in Belize. So you know what? Sure. You know what? Lights all right. Lights all right. <laughs> Pass me that yoga. <laughs> Yeah, uh, God, 2012. Where was I? We were, well, we were talking about Zeitgeist, and I yeah. just I, 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 I had know. to give you this picture of who I was back then, dude. Back well, when I'm I was trying like... to think of what I was back then. Uh, <laughs> God, I forget where I was. I was probably partying somewhere because, like now, I just totally did not believe any of that shit. I'm like, right. oh come on, you know how many times I've heard and read about the world fucking ending ain't gonna happen mm-hmm. and of course it didn't right well i'm a child of the we're children of the 80s man we we watched ghostbusters and that's like a plot point of ghostbusters is that like the end of the world people are calling into binkman's call-in yeah. show and i just i grew up thinking oh there's like a class of the world that just likes to call into radio shows and think that the world is ending like that's i, I mean, grew up with i mean that. i mean aside from <laughs> 9-11 and, well, COVID starting. The last, sure. the last time I, like, really half freak out about the world ending was uh, Y2K. Yeah. Yep, I remember. And I wasn't even into conspiracy theories. I was a little kid, but I was constantly being told that the world was getting <laughs> end. And I was, like, storing food my mom bought into, like, my locker. I was an internet kid back then, too. Well, it, was, and, it wasn't yeah. even. Oh, I wasn't an internet kid either. I just watched TV. No, I was. And it was constantly being yeah. bought. Like, 
Y2K, gonna take everything down because the clocks won't go. <laughs> yeah. no, well, we got access to the internet in 96, the summer of 1996. And so I, by, by 1999, I was way into it, you know. And so I was on message boards and um, bulletin boards and AOL chat channels and stuff back then uh, around that time. Um, and everyone was basically like, this is really dumb. Like, yeah. although there's like some merit to it because really, really old, like 1950s computers that aren't connected to anything yeah. would have suffered from this problem. But like, it's just not an issue. And then, yeah, nothing happened. But like, but, yeah, every, everybody was like, turn off your computers. On, yeah. I think I still did on, on New Year's Eve 1999. I have pictures of New Year's Eve 1999. <laughs> I had a party in my parents' basement. Oh, nice. Kevin was there. It was uh, fun. You had a lot more fun than I did. Because <laughs> uh, here's what I remember about Y2K. Uh, Nothing happened, honestly, and mm. since I was in grade, since we were in grade school and that, you know, went to bed early. And, well, okay, I think we stayed up and watched New Year's, but that's mm. about it. Yeah, then the next day, uh, well, let's put it this way, uh, a lot of conflict growing up, mostly involving my brother, and uh, he's being a little shit all day. Particularly because uh, we fir- we got our computer and we couldn't figure out how to turn on the monitor. So he was getting angry about that and arguing with me, arguing with my mom. And uh, so so it was basically like having to put up with that shit and like watching Nickelodeon like all day long. They just had pe- these kids on that were talking about their dreams for the future in the new millennium. Mm-hmm. And even as a little kid, even as a little kid, I kind of had like a no future mindset. So putting up with all this arguing between my brother and mother at home, mixed in with like these little kids talking about how great their future was going to be, really depressed me. <laughs> and eventually, my dad gave, got home from work, and uh, my mom went somewhere. I think maybe church, and well, she was crying because she couldn't handle it. So my dad then bitched us out, you know, saying, like, your mom shouldn't have to go to church crying. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's... So, I'm like, yeah, happy new millennium... First day of the new fucking millennium. It's the way you're starring it out. <laughs> then a year later, 9-11 happened, and... Oh, yeah. daddy. <laughs> oh, man, that was... A, what a weird time that was, too. I was in high school, and, like, we watched... The second plane hit on TV, like live. In yeah, the same, same, same here. Uh, crazy to think of. Same here. We uh, got. I guess they just. God, I was trying to remember how it went. Like, for some reason, even though we had TVs and that that we could use in the classrooms, they decided it was a good idea to like bring specific groups of kids one at a time to like watch it in the library, including me. Weird. So we're watching it, then second plane, fuck. Right. And it didn't hit me, like, the gravity of it. Because yeah. I, I think I was just too little to, like, realize it. I was, I remember speaking, like, I'll vivid re- vividly remember this. I was in English class after it had happened, a couple hours after it had happened. I was talking with my buddies Alex and Peter, and... um Basically, the context of the conversation or the the gist of the conversation was like, well, this isn't a big surprise because like like it, it had only been whatever, eight years previous that the World Trade Center had been bombed. And then like 
there was the Libyan nationalist group in in Back to the Future. You know, like oh, yeah. it's, it's all kind of like it's sort of there in 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 what is reality Ghostbusters Back to the and, Future and there everything. had been an, an embassy bombing like a couple of months before that and like I was in a global issues class that semester too so like it was sort of in the forefront of my mind like terrorist attacks happen and like America has sort of been shielded from that in a way like we had the Lockerbie bombing and then there was like a couple of other things that had sort of happened that we were talking about in that global issues class when 9-11 happened. So I was talking to these guys who were in that global issues class with me and I was just like, well, like this is sad because thousands of people died and like a huge building was blown up in New York. But like, I don't understand why everybody is shocked. Like this could never possibly happen here. Like it literally happens all over the world all the time. And it's sort of, it's not good for America to have to face a challenge like that or for anyone to have to face a challenge like that. But it should sort of be expected like in modern nations that this is a thing that we have to confront and sort of figure out. And so that being a thing that we were sort of thinking about already, when that happened, it wasn't like, oh my God, our innocence. What? It was more just like, oh, well, welcome to the fucking real world. You know, like, and, and, and I, I disagree with that standpoint, but, you know, me as a, uh, I was 16 when that happened. So a junior in high school and I'm, I'm just like, well, this happens around the world. So what we should do is sort of focus on how to gauge the retaliatory effects of this. Like what happened? Like, let's do the science and and then everything devolved into well can jet fuel burn <laughs> aluminum and why did building 7 fall apart and like at, yeah what what yeah what what if they spread thermite paint around the building right and of course you know that's a whole can of worms now <sighs> 20 years Ventura. later and God, it's crazy to think that that was twenty years ago. Too. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's a good point. It's going to be twenty years this September. Yeah, yeah, time flies. It sure does, dude. Well, think about how different the world is. Like, I didn't have a cell phone in two thousand one. Um, we had internet access, but it was dial up. You know, it was one computer for my entire family. Um, we had two televisions in the house. Um, one in the kitchen and one in the living room. Um, and I think maybe that year we bought a third one for the basement where I was. Because, we, like, my parents' house in 2001. The perfect had, location for you to get into all things internet. <laughs> the basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the, our basement had, it was two bedrooms, a living room, a kitchen, and a bathroom. Oh, it was so, a, it was actually a good basement. It was like a it, little it, apartment. It wasn't like a Michigan basement. No, no, not at all. No, and and so we moved there in 2000, maybe 2001, 1999, I don't remember exactly. And the house that we had beforehand, our computer room was like the old, like what was the formal dining room in, in the house, like just got made into the computer room. Hmm. And um, so the first three years, that's where I viewed the internet was like, my parents had to get a second phone line because I was on the internet so much. 
Right. Uh, dude, dude, my, my dad gets so angry because my brother and I were on there so much. Yeah. And my dad would go between uh, just angrily yelling at you and also uh, angrily whining. Let's put it that way. Mm. Like, he, like, I remember he picked up one time when I was just sitting on the couch and my brother was on the internet somewhere. You know, beep, beep, beep. And he's like, God fucking damn, you can't can't make a fucking phone call in this house. Jesus fucking Christ. He stomped away. FYI, my dad's a lot better now. But I think that's because he's older and retired. And 20 years ago. Retired, uh, and also because my brother and I are both in our 30s, and if he were to say something like that to us now, we'd probably tell him to fuck off and never talk to him. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. It's like, it's hmm. crazy how time goes on and, like, People change. People change, and, like, the the biggest thing to learn about, like, self-improvement, too, is that if you're going to allow space for yourself to grow, you also have to allow space for other people to grow around you, too. Yeah, so, like, you yeah. can't hold people in the same light as true, they were. Uh, true, I believe that. Yeah. With my dad, I think, I won't get into the incidents. Sure. Maybe some other time on the future <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Episode 750. Right. Yeah. But I, I, now, I, I think it's more like, hmm, my dad, my dad thinking one day was like, hmm, you know, maybe I should stop acting like this and call, him, call my oldest son a cocksucker or else uh, he's not going to want to have a relationship with me. <laughs> I think a lot of people have hmm. to face that in their, yeah. their later years, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, wow. As always, we just ramble yep, on about yeah, shit. Yeah, what a swirl but of I, fucking ideas here. But before we get on some of our topics, last thing about Wall Street, because that's where we started. Is it? Because what some, a journey we've been on. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's been 32 minutes. A long, strange trip it's been. This is great content. People love the rambling. I will say this. Uh, as much as I enjoyed the GameStop thing, barely understood it. I don't like Wall Street. I don't understand it. I would love to watch it burn because I think it's evil. Like mm. Allen Ginsberg. Well, okay, he didn't call it Wall Street, but he called like a business building Moloch, Moloch mm. in Howell. That's kind of how I view it. What really shaped my my view of Wall Street actually was uh, this movie about the life of Abby Hoffman. Remember that mm. activist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the beginning. I forget who stars in it. I think Janine Garofalo plays his girlfriend slash wife. Good movie. But uh, I think the opening scene is like Abby and his yuppies like just go into Wall Street. By the way, in the 60s, you just walk on in, no prob. And like they just had like a bunch of like dollar bills in a bag. So they went up to like, I don't know, the second floor or some shit. And just start dumping the money down onto the floor where all the traders are. And all these traders, you know, who are just getting thousands of millions of dollars, you know, deciding their futures, the future of the country, blah, blah. They all just stop and just start grabbing the money on the floor. Just <laughs> grab it. And, and, and then, of course, Abby and them did to make a point about how fucking greedy these people are mm-hmm. to the point where, like, they'll ditch, you know, a deal, just go... Pick up a bunch of dollar bills, right? They'll, yeah, exactly. They'll ignore a million, a multi-million dollar yeah, transaction yeah. to step away. And yeah, grab dollar bills. Yeah, I don't like that, and I mm-hmm. wish I could burn it to the ground, log yeah. everyone in there. <laughs> right, yeah, man. You know, I'm so conflicted about that because I agree with you. I kind of want to watch it all burn, but what I want to see is I want I want to see the wealth of these 
the billionaire oligarchical ruling class nasty assholes. I want to see him fucking fleeced. That's what I want to see. Oh, I, I don't mean, care I mean, about I'm not the saying, stock market. Dude. I mean, I want to see these. Oh yeah, that's guys nice too. Fleeced. That's why I love Game stocks yeah. so much. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's also another reason why like I save. Like I'm a savings freak because uh, like okay, these motherfuckers are gonna crash this thing down, bring. Great Depression too, so well, I, I, better, I better the, save my money. Well, I th- I don't think that the goal is to bring everything down. I think it's just to get like oh, oh, to yeah. get money in the hands of people that fucking need it, dude. Like again, I I keep seeing all this uh, this great argument about like the resources that it would require to actually like like if you wanted to earn a billion dollars, it like in in the scaled economy of like your output, like. It's like if you make – these are completely arbitrary numbers, but like it was something like if you uh, you start at, in Egypt and, and invest in a company – you invest $1,000 in a company at certain amount of interest, like by the time you get to present day, you still don't have a billion. Like it's it, – the, the scale of what it takes to be a multi-billionaire is just it's – it's a non-human scale. And I think it's just, it's a really fucked up nature of existence that people can accumulate these, these, it's a representative resource. Money is not even an actual resource. It's just something that. Oh yeah, yeah we all, tool, we all yeah, make up. Exactly. It's a, it's a tool to get resources, right? So like when you accumulate multiple billions of dollars, it doesn't do anybody any good. And it just ties up the system so that. Other people can't use that money to accelerate the economy. Like if you just have billions of dollars in a fucking bank account and it's not real estate and it's not products that are going to be sold, it's not inventory, it's not, you know, um, money that's that's been put out as an investment for another company to to like buy printers and desks for its new staff members like if it's just gaining interest in a bank account on paper, what fucking good are you doing society by being rich? And the answer is none. Oh. You're holding it back. And do You're you, doing negative good. Oh, and, yeah. again, and again, do they deserve that money? I mean, just standing there and trading no. Compa- compared to... And you, working, know, you compared, know I struggle with, I mean, with agreeing with that. I mean, like, well, I mean, compared to working class heroes like us, <laughs> you, you know, right? me, me working at a warehouse for over eight years now, you work in various jobs and now have your small business, mm-hmm. even though technically you contract out to another business yeah. to help run your small business. Exactly. Yeah. So you're ba- always... Ba- basically, what I'm, basically, basically what I'm saying is you and I will work harder than these motherfuckers Ever will. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we're and our actions won't crash the economy. Right. Yeah, dude. I I see a lot of changes. I don't like you know. Think to where we were a year ago. You know, you and I basically liked to talk about our travel experiences and yeah. like the fun. You know, In the before you know, time. As exactly. Well, well then it. all of a sudden, like we we had the the Black Lives Matter protests, we had the COVID shutdowns, and like... Still, still you know, ongoing. Still though. ongoing, sure, sure. Which, still a problem, you we'll, know? Which we'll talk about in a sec, but yeah. Okay, yeah, but like, just think about where we were a year ago and how much more, like, plugged in we are into reality right now, even though we can't even interface with reality. Like, 
that's that's the craziest thing to me is that I think the changes that we're going to see is people. Oh, I think that's my phone. <laughs> um, I, I think, or it could be the ghost. Uh, I guess. I, I think people voice. are hungry for for a real, visceral, feelable, attendable change. People want to see real change in their life. They don't want to see a $1,400 check from the federal government. They don't want to see platitudes on television. They don't want to see internet campaigns for, like, you know, uh, donating money to the, the senator of your choice's campaign. Like, they don't want to do any of that. What people want to see is they want to see Bill Gates and and Elon Musk and... Jeff Bezos and stuff. They want to see those guys fucking crucified, dude. And I struggle with that a little bit because they did have unique ideas and they built businesses. And I know firsthand how difficult it is to build a business. But also, at a certain point, and I'm sort of in this phase of building a business, you have to relinquish some control to other people. And it's at that point where it's not really that guy doing it anymore. It's the the team that he built and for this one flagship guy to have control of all the resources of the company is sort of unfair to everyone that works for him. And that may sound a a little like, like weirdly pro union or pro like workers rights for me. But I also, like you were saying, I came from scrubbing fucking shit off of walls and like cleaning puke out of trash cans and stuff, dude. Like I know what it's like to do manual labor and to work hard for literally nothing. For seven dollars an hour, for six fifty an hour, scrubbing the the shit of people who make ten times that much money. And they can afford to just go out and eat until they vomit in the bathroom that you have to clean up. And like that's what I'm saying. Like, that's my frame of mind. Like I want I want the possibility for me to to create a business where many people can be made millionaires, but I don't ever expect to be or want to be a billionaire. And I think it's ridiculous for anyone to accumulate that much because by that point you should have sold some shit. Like uh, how many houses uh, can you fucking live in? You know? Uh, dude, that is such a huge argument or, or debate slash conversation, whatever. I mean, yeah. I've, I've complained many a times of, yeah, I love Kanye West, but I don't think he's shown a fucking mountain. <laughs> No, no, but uh, (sighs) I I don't mean to commandeer your podcast here, buddy. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Ah, you fool! You thought you thought you were on the Garrett Shelky podcast, but you were on the Zach Elmblad experiment. Yeah, I'm just here spouting off into the fucking wind, man. Rant by day, fake THC by night, all day, all day. (sighs) But uh. Oh, it must be said, too, that Wall Street's official symbol is a fucking golden cow. Mm-hmm. Remind you of anything? Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember the Occupy Wall Street movement? Yeah. Didn't we talk about that a couple podcasts maybe, ago? Maybe. Like, I had the, the magazine where they released the article. Yeah, Adbusters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love Adbusters. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, during Gangstonks, 
maybe still going on. They have to have armed guards around that fucking statue. <laughs> oh my god, you're defending a golden calf. Fucking, fucking penis god. wrinkles, dude. God. Oh my god. Glares Cla- Cla- and Moses. The ruling elite in this fucking country is completely ridiculous and out of touch, dude. It's just so apparent now. I know. You I, can't live a normal right. life anymore. Actually, uh, that's what Robert <laughs> Evans of Behind the Bastards talked about. Yeah. He, he's saying, like, you know, oligarchs in, like, say, Canada and over Europe are just as bad, if not worse. Mm-hmm. But they realize that they want to live in a society where uh, everything's still going and the little people, i.e. us, don't want to murder them all the time. So that's why they give, you know, you know help during a pandemic, universal yeah. health care, shit it's like that. It's the bread and circus yeah, thing. Whereas here, in America, Empire, whereas here in America, it's like... Uh, let them suffer. Fuck are they going to do? Fuck yeah, it that, is, that, dude. Then when it happens, it's yeah. like, oh, got to protect the Ace Hardware. Yeah. Well, that and, like, what was it the other day? The um, Texas governor was, just, when all the, everything froze, <laughs> oh, like, the entire electricity oh, yeah, grid that, went down in oh, Texas. And he's I, just like, you're on your oh, own. A- Fuck oh, you. Abbott, uh, I think he wants to be, like, the only guy in Texas. Like, the only living human being. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, I mean, wait, I mean, what? I mean, for... First, he basically said "fuck everyone" after the their, their winter storms, mm-hmm. but then he like got rid of all COVID restrictions. Yeah, which someone made a fake tweet of him saying like, "I was saddened to learn that uh, I haven't killed everyone in Texas after the storm. <laughs> I have taken measures to remedy this." Man, you know the COVID restriction thing is going to be a well, bear well, as it fades away. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, dude, uh, let's bring it on. Because, Zach, it is March 2021. It is. It's been one year, one year, man. It has. One year later since yeah. uh, since this all started. It's true. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel still alive. Good. I feel like half a million people died in our country. Bad. Bad. <laughs> I feel... That's, that's bad. <laughs> I feel like... It has brought back up the anti-vaccine people That's very into bad. the world. That's very bad. Very bad. <laughs> um, I feel like also here. Here's where I I bend with all of that uh, line of thought. I think there's. I think they're becoming a little oppressive. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Very good. <laughs> I do. I, uh, and I think that we should start leaning a little more towards personal responsibility. But I say that in full knowledge that per, personal responsibility doesn't fucking exist. And that's why we have to have rules in a society. Because people still won't follow them. And they yeah. need to be held accountable to something on a piece of paper. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why one of my struggles as a leftist. Because uh, a lot of the left... Uh, Rhetoric is obviously to blame the government and corporations and that, mm-hmm. which is true. A lot of it does hold off a, a lot of state, state, local, and federal government has a lot of responsibility, a lot of fuck ups, mm-hmm. and corporations, especially the ones that are distributing the vaccines, yeah. could have been done better. Sure. But, but on the other hand, like just especially this past year, like I've seen just so much shitty behavior, including now mm-hmm. that I just can't totally disavow people i guess there's been a lot of really difficult to swallow behavior man oh yeah all these racist assholes that came out of the fucking woodwork in the last year 
that we all kind of knew existed, but I had no idea they were so common. I really didn't. I honestly had no idea that racism was that big of a fucking problem. And, like, I'm fairly well educated in systemic racism. I have had umpteen conversations with with people who have felt marginalized, and I have and I have tried to expand my mind, but I don't, I'm not affected by a lot of those things. So it's, it is difficult to see sometimes. And I know that I've had shortfallings in that, but like, I didn't realize that people walk around all day, literally just thinking that some races are completely inferior. I thought that was a history book thing. I didn't realize that that was like, like people that you go to the grocery store and like you see them and like give them the like white guy nod, like that guy could just be like a complete foaming racist. That's crazy. I did not realize that, dude. And I think that made that has been made completely apparent and we cannot ignore it. Like that is f- incredibly fucked up, dude. All these yeah. these Asian hate crimes happening in the last Oof, couple of weeks yeah. now. Dude, this is so bad. Like Oh, it's not what we have ever stood for ideologically, and I mean, at least ostensibly. Like, at least what we say and what we profess about what our nation believes is not fucking racist. And, like, to, to, to have been made witness, to made to bear witness to these events in the last year, I'm more concerned about the endemic racism than I am the coronavirus pandemic now. And it's sort of weird that coronavirus sort of made all this stuff float up to the top. Well, well, actually, I got a nice little meme here that you will like. Cool. But (laughs) bring on the memes. Bring on the memes. I like how you're more accepting of memes now. Because I think, like, at first, like, you didn't get it. I didn't. But, but, not, <laughs> but hang out with me for, like, I don't know, since 2017. But, uh, yeah, because as you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the anti-Asian hate is actually, actually at its core anti-China. But mm. since we're America and we're fucking dumb, you yeah, know. You can't differentiate yeah. between the different Asian cultures. Yet. Yeah. It's I also mean, an I mean, aspect of racism. I mean, <laughs> I mean, not that it would be any better if it was specifically anti-Chinese hate. Like, oh, you're Japanese? Okay, well, I just hate Chinese people. Don't worry, you're cool. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of uh, our media does that. Like, here's this nice little collage because a New York Times writer recently wrote, has there, why has there been a spike in anti-Asian hate? <laughs> and this person put together a collage of like articles and covers from the New York Times, the economics, economics the <laughs> Financial Times, and some others. Mm-hmm. And let's see, uh, first one. This is the dystopian fiction. This is not a dystopian fiction. This is China. The Chinese threat to American speech. I'll just read it out and I'll show mm-hmm. you after. Next one says, buying up the world and it has Mao Zedong is portrait, but he has a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Next one is China's designs for Europe. It has Mona Lisa with like a Chinese flag uh, fan. There one, how China gets American companies to parrot its propaganda. Then the economist how bad will it get? And it shows the world with like a mask that's the Chinese flag. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Then that's what we call propaganda. Yeah. Here's some more sharp power, the new shape of Chinese influence. Then it's shaped like COVID. Yeah. 
And then why Europe will choose the U.S. over China. And it shows, like, a dog reaching for a bone with, like, a Chinese red demon hand. Mm. Then another one, China's extraterritorial threat. And it shows, like, these bear traps under a red background. Then China's long arm reaches into American campuses. And it shows, like, your typical American campus, but, like, a Chinese New Year dragon surrounding it. <laughs> then another one, and Sir China challenges the West, and it shows, like, this fucking dragon demon claw around, about to grab the world. And then, what, what if and they then, were just people that lived in a fucking town, and they were trying to work and eat food? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? It's so, what, what, so what are you talking? What are you talking about? This propaganda is so fucking yeah. egregious. Yeah. And the final one: Can American values survive in a Chinese world? <laughs> What's an American value anymore? This is uh, so crazy, dude. Having cold wars with uh, communist countries and ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, this is nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, but, uh, okay, so it's been, yeah, just marvel at some of this great propaganda. Well, I mean, you know where some of this is coming from. Like, they've been buying up a lot of ports in Africa and South America. True. They've been creating, uh, they've been encroaching on territorial rights in the South China Sea. They've been doing a lot of, like, weird, like, economic bullying in um scandinavia and um in in eastern europe yeah there i mean but the the thing is 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 like man and i've been arguing this for years it's in my books too like i i think that hegemony is an antiquated concept like i don't think that there can be a like de facto leader of the world anymore because like the fact that information exchange happens instantaneously, like it's a global community and there's never going to be one primary thought leader. And like just the idea that there was a primary thought leader in antiquity is sort of not even relevant to the modern world because there was no instantaneous communication. So like the idea of like the the western hemisphere versus the eastern hemisphere, like that was also sort of the scope of the ability to communicate at that time too. Like the the idea that th- that China is going to take over the United States position in the world is sort of idiotic because the United States doesn't even have the position in the world that these people are fantasizing that it does. And like there's places that exist in the fucking world where people think that Americans are stupid and that it's just like our entire way of life is just sort of disgraceful. And in the same way that we think about other people like that, dude. And like for for us to go around the world thinking that we're going to be able to be the ideological ideological leaders of the entire like mass of human beings on earth is fucking stupid and China won't be able to do it either. Like there's language barriers involved, yeah, there's well, geographical that, barriers well, involved. Well, Ch- China's doing more economically. Like, they are. They're, they're not doing it like America where it's like, hey, let's invade and like drone strike. Or like take over you know, Entire governments and, yeah. and, f- and fund guerrilla movements yeah, or, like, that, all the sort of soft shit yeah, that, that they did. Yeah, that's why they get into, like, insidious shit like China's influence on universities. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's naive to say that that stuff doesn't exist, but what I'm saying is that the end result of that is not going to be a situation where America was dominant and now China is the is dominant. It's that they're both dominant forces that are on like a multi-tiered playing field and they like there are other competitors on those playing fields too. Yeah, so like yeah, but really, I think it's just we want to get a cold war with China going. They do. I, I mean, do. We, we already kind of pretty much were on an economic front. Mm-hmm. Then COVID hit. Yeah. And uh, kind of changed the game there for a second. It did. And, uh, changed everybody's games. We it, still don't know how the pieces go back together either. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, here's some nice propaganda. Have you ever heard of the Washington Examiner? I have. Yeah, right wing rag. Yeah. It's one of the. Which I used to, which which I used to mistake for the Washington Post back in the day, because uh, unlike Washington Post, you can read all the Washington Sanders articles for free. <laughs> and uh, they put out this one on. Uh, you're gonna love this this screenshot. The, the article itself is pretty boring, but just the tweet for it is amazing. Uh, tell me, Zach, uh, how was your St. Patty's Day? I spent it in this room working. Uh, are you by chance Irish American at all? I am not. Oh, then you're good to go because because uh, <laughs> the opinion of the Washington Examiner is Irish Americans are at their best when serving others. Yikes! Here's how here's how you serve <laughs> indentured servants. You know you know the Irish were slaves too, by the way, just like black people. That's why black people should stop complaining about Yikes. racism. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> that, okay, everyone, I'm joking. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. literally what some of these dumb people think. That, that, is, uh, that is a talking point of idiots. That is but, true. But to continue the tweet here, <clears throat> the U.S. may be called upon yet again to fight in the Pacific, this time against Chinese communists. We hope not. But if we must, Irish Americans will be there. <laughs> So, so Zach, I'm glad. Are you ready to fight in the Pacific, but instead of Imperial China, you're fighting Imperial Japan. You're fighting Chinese communists. No, dude, I will not. I will not fight for this country. I will not do that. I'm plus I'm too old anyway. But re- old. but really, that's a good example of the type of proper bullshit propaganda we're being fed. We are being and, fed a lot of yeah. propaganda. It's very hard to sift through. Yeah. yeah. Which speak of propaganda, uh something No, it's my phone and uh what's this? Uh Gary Schalke sent you a friend request, but Gary has two R's. Hmm. Someone's impersonating you? No, I think someone's impersonating my father, who is also named Gary. And this happened before a couple of years back and we reported the fuck out of that profile. Hmm. See uh blank. Blank profile, one friend so far. <sighs> yeah, excuse me, folks. Let me. Yeah, uh, he's got to take care let of me, some modern issues. Yeah, let me. Yeah, here. let me report this profile here for impersonating my my actual father, my boomer dad on Facebook. What a fucking world we live in, man. I mean, this is so. Okay. Okay, well, never mind. Won't let me do it for some reason. I'll do it later. This is really relevant to the conversation that we've been having for the last hour, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But let's get back to COVID. We already talked about sure. China. 
Okay, so it's been a year later. Uh, yeah. Anything recent with COVID that you've had to deal with? No, other than trying to get a hold of a vaccine. Um, like, so you haven't been vaccinated? I have yet? not been. No, I will be though. I mean, once once I'm available. Oh yeah, next month is gonna be open for everyone. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll go get it, man. I'm not a bitch. I'll get vaccinated for this, especially if I can't leave the country unless I have some type of paper record of whatever. I don't give a fuck. I I want I want my freedom back. Yeah, is what I really want. And if if it, all I have to do is pay a hundred bucks for a doctor's visit or what whatever it is, like I think I, it's all free. Probably, probably. I'm. Just I will even pay for it. I'd pay two hundred. I paid. I pay a thousand dollars for this fucking thing, dude. Just to have it. Like I just. I want. I want to be able to have a society again. And if that is the hurdle that needs to be jumped, then I'm willing to jump over that hurdle. Like it seems very small to me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Good news. Uh, I am getting vaccinated this week, Thursday. Because awesome. uh, first, our job did the whole. You know. Hey, sign up via text, and then, you know, they'll call you. Mm. But then just out of fucking nowhere last week, they, no, this this past week, they decided to uh, have a clinic just come on up to the warehouse. People, like, go two at a time at different time slots. Mm-hmm. Best of all, it's the Johnson & Johnson one, the one-shot. Yeah. So my... my uh, my coworker Chad and I, we decided to be really brave. We both decided for the nine o'clock one. We are gonna go hold hands, mm-hmm. and we are gonna get our autism microchips. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, um, mark me with the number of the beast. Like that hasn't been done already. I don't even believe in that yeah. dumb fucking religion. Like I, I, I just, <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't been any like anti-vax protests around here. Like they, like there was out in California. Yeah, they even had like calling cops because they thought. These, yeah. so these fucking mean, nut jobs were gonna bum rush. There's a little local flavor we can add to this story because oh, I, al- I almost had a chance to get vaccinated next week, and so oh, really? here here is the local flavor. Um, the there's a city west of Kalamazoo called Pawpaw. Okay, Pawpaw is a stronghold of right wing conservatism. Which oh. uh, if people looked. Last time I heard, they were uh, having fights over their mascot, who is a very offensive indigenous character. Yeah, exactly. Which I think I think they've gotten rid of it since, but think, a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot of white, a lot, yeah, a lot of white people complaining about their heritage of racist cartoon yeah. figures. Yep. I mean, you could you could kind of type class the prevailing thought patterns of a lot of people in Pawpaw to be predominantly associated with the right-wing conservative Donald Trump QAnon people. It's kind of your typical, like, you know, small town that's conservative that surrounds a larger liberal city. Exactly. And and that is a... uh, You could copy and paste that exact situation to, like another 250 or 300 U.S. cities. Like, it's, you know, a population of, like, 10,000 next to a population of 60,000. Like, Kalamazoo's not even the, the metropolitan, like, th- like, Grand Rapids is the the West, West Michigan yeah. 
major city, like that's where you would go for like higher education. Second biggest city in Michigan after Detroit. Exactly. So like that's what we're talking about a small city compared to a small city that is a small city. And even Grand Rapids is a small city compared to other metropolitan areas in the United States. But it, it, when people talk about it being a microcosm, that's definitely what it is. And, and so anyway, because of this prevailing thought pattern, there's a pharmacy in Pawpaw that keeps getting over-allocated amounts of, like, because the, the, the vaccine allocations are commensurate with the population, right? So, so many people in Pawpaw are refusing to get the vaccine, although they're eligible for it, that the pharmacy opened it up to people that are not in the area. So, like, you could... Well, that's good, though. You could, yeah, 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 because they, they want to use the doses because... Before they expire. Before they expire, like, rational participants in the global community that we fucking exist in. Like, trying, just trying to to progress the world through this horseshit is all these people are trying to do, right? And and so it's it's good because they are now able to distribute those vaccines to people who maybe didn't have the have it arranged through their workplace or like couldn't get to it, right? And so I am still ineligible for this though because I don't meet the the government criteria. Like I'm not critical manufacturing, I'm not a teacher. I don't work with people who are sick. I don't uh, dude, you know, I'm not over 55. Dude, all those at, things le- at least you know for sure that you're not eligible. My Right. It's another thing I'm glad about getting this vaccine besides not right. dying well, dying from this or be able to do this and that is just oh God. My fucking parents, my boomer ass parents, mm-hmm. have been bugging me for months to get it. And uh their rationale is that, well, you know, you're a warehouse worker and they say that, you know, you're important. I'm like, yeah, they say I'm important, but it's really not. It's not the yeah. same as like a nurse or something. Sure, and I mean, like, you could. I could make the same argument. You know, I make I know. house calls all day. I'm around sick and old people all the time. I know, but uh, it's but because by definition, it's, this yeah. is one of those things where like they care, but you try to tell them otherwise, they don't listen. Mm-hmm. And my dad just is trying to find ways for me to do it. Some of which, well, not illegal, but you get in trouble for them, mm-hmm. like. Like, a lot of them range on, like, the stories you've heard, like, people cutting in line and shit. Yeah. I'm, like, I do, I'm not going to ever do anything. Yeah, I'm like, Dad, I can't do that. I could probably get in trouble and lose my legit spots because they don't think I'm trying to fuck over people. Well, yeah. you got to care about yourself. So, you know, son, sign up for this and that. Uh, you know, maybe you should stretch the truth a little bit. <laughs> To get to get in front of this granny, man, and that is such a great example of why, like, it's the same thing. Like, we agreed the speed limit seventy here, but when you're driving, it's actually eighty. Yeah. And then, if you want to be a douchebag and go slow, you put your cruise control at seventy-five. But if anyone goes past a cop at any moment, they could pull you over for going seventy-one. So, yeah. like, the the way society works. And the way it's supposed to work and the way that it's written down to work are all three different fucking things. And for me, personally, I want to stay above reproach. So I want, like, just like you're saying, I don't want them to take away my ability to actually get it when I'm eligible according to them, whoever they are, by 
trying to buy my way into a dose that I'm not eligible for or whatever. I don't need the shit, dude. I don't. I mean, like... But Zach, if you dress up, if you go to Goodwill, get some granny clothes, and you dress up like a grandma, <laughs> right? you can cut in line of all these other people I need and get your shot. Because like, you should only care about yourself. I'm 36. I'm healthy. The last time I went to a doctor, he told me I didn't need to come back for a while because I'm just good. Like, I'd just be wasting money if I go bother him, you know? Like, I don't, I'm in health. What I don't want to do is spread this virus to somebody else that could get sick. And so I participate in the the cultural ritual that we have developed of like raising my mask when I walk inside a door like it's actually doing something. And and I know this kind of ma- this kind of <laughs> this argument is being made by people that I disagree with strongly, but the thing is is that I've always been a person that argues for personal responsibility. And so I don't wear a mask because I think it's actually going to keep me from breathing in this coronavirus. I wear a mask because we've been told to, and I don't want to rock the boat. But for me, I think that the fact that I I am now wearing... So this buff that I use as my mask, I'm now Uh, wearing it on my head as a hat. uh, And I know that there's no visual aspect to this podcast, but this is what I'm getting at. You look very psychedelic. In order order for the mask to perform as it's specced out to supposed to perform, it's supposed to be a surgical mask, and it's supposed to be one-time use only and disposed as soon as you touch it or contaminate it in any way. So going to the store and wearing the same, like, cloth Mickey Mouse mask every day and never washing it is just, it's worse than wearing, what, I I keep, I keep thinking about this stuff as I'm Uh, driving around all day. Well, it does work. I mean. Yeah, 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 it does. Maybe not as well for COVID, because COVID is extremely, uh. And that's not what I mean, What's the word? Catchable, not not right. Catchable. I'm not it's saying stupid. the mask doesn't work because hey, it does. Yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, flu, flu it, numbers, it flu numbers this year has just been down to historical levels. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hmm, it it doesn't work for this, but it works for that. I don't, and that's what I'm saying, dude. Is like, it, it's like a weird precaution now that has become kind of like a scarlet letter or something by its in its lack like if i go if i walk down the hallway and need to go take a piss it's like 500 feet away from my door but i will get in trouble and could risk being kicked out of this building for not putting a fucking cloth mask on my face even when there's no one in the hallway for me to walk past so and that's what's infuriating to me is that people are like Dude, you can't use any rational thought in here. Like, I, I I have the mask with me, and if someone's coming near me, I'll put it on. I'm trying to be considerate, and I'm trying to prevent the spread of this disease that we're all so concerned about. I get all that. But, but if I can't walk down the hallway and take a piss, like, how many fucking cases in Kalamazoo? 2,500? Like, dude... It's the, the half a million people that died in the United States did not all die in Kalamazoo. Like, or did for, they? Or did me, they? It's, it's, a, it's a rational response to threat, right? A threat assessment thing. And I am comfortable in these gray area zones. And for me, I think, you know, if I go up to the drive-thru, I pop on the mask. 
you know? But I don't see a lot of people doing that. And I bet you people that won't step foot into Costco without their mask on and would yell at anyone who's in Costco without their mask on probably doesn't wear the mask at a restaurant when they go and sit down and stuff like that. It's like you you need to be able to be malleable in this as we fade back into a point where you're not required to wear a mask to walk into the gas station for five yeah, seconds yeah. to hand someone your credit card. Yeah, that, like, there's a barrier in between you already. Like most of those people put up plexiglass barriers. And yeah, stuff, well, so. that's because they're worried about getting robbed. That, well, and plexiglass barriers existed previously. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the really flimsy uh, ones that are just like right uh, okay. in front of a cash register as like a sneeze guard, like at Old Country Buffet or something, you know? Oh, uh, okay. And like that to me is a rational response. Like if you go to the weed store, they just have a bunch of like plexiglass set up. It's not, an, it's not a security measure. It's, it's a COVID protocol. That shit's gonna. There's so, gonna be a lot of recycled polycarbonate sheeting in the next two or three years as people take that shit down because it's cumbersome. You can't hear people talk. You can't. I'm. I'm. I am hard of hearing because of playing drums for thirty years. So I lip read when I am talking to people. Most of the time, when I'm talking to people in a public space, I can't hear fifty percent of the words that. So I'm just guessing. So, you know. Oh really? So, yes. like, so like our entire conversation. No, in a in a quiet room, I can hear. I can oh, hear okay. just fine. But like, if I go to a store and I'm trying to have a conversation with a cashier, and they've got a mask on their face, which is decreasing their their volume by say ten or fifteen decibels, and then you've got a physical barrier between you that's decreasing it another ten or twenty <laughs> decibels, and all of a sudden it's so quiet that I can't hear it. And so I need to be able to read their facial expressions and their lips to kind of guess, like, did they say lake or rake or jake or take? I don't know. Like, I heard ache, dude, and I didn't hear the dude, consonant. Dude, either. I have that problem all the time, except for I do it because I sound like I have Down syndrome. <laughs> but it's just, it's a communication thing. Our struggles you know? are not the same. Right. No. Well, I, and my struggle isn't the same as anybody course that's a preface to even talking to me because it's all just fucking thought experiments for <laughs> yeah, me anyway. but uh okay so one thing i want to ask you is yeah. uh when do you think this year that we'll go back to normal i think it won't be this year oh you don't i don't no uh, and i mean i could eat foot on that um because it could be that everybody who wants a vaccine has got one in two months and by september everybody is just like butt fucking in the park i don't know <laughs> you know i mean I, that, i'm hoping for sometime this fall because uh i think that's I, reasonable but, but yeah both yeah. because i personally think that sounds reasonable and that's what a good old dr fauci yeah. aka pandemic guy yeah. That's what he, I think what, like, that was his uh, first guess when this started. So, like, well, we should have everything ready by fall 2021. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I think fucking Joe Biden said that he wants America's independence to be July 4th this year mm. from COVID. Uh, which I'm like, dude, it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah, well, of course, it doesn't disappear because everybody says it's gone. Well, first of all, that's just way too soon, I think. Even with, like, record vaccination numbers. And two, just like Trump, he's just putting it on a symbolic day. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's never not, good. It's not productive to do that. I don't. It's know. like the prophecies of 2012 and shit. You're damn right it is. It's yeah. like, we don't know. Yeah, you, we don't know. Yeah, so I just think that's dumb. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I think, I think the the fade is going to come in fits and starts, and I think that there's going to be a lot of double backing, and I think that it's gonna we're going to see like the shit in Florida where they deregulated, and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of cases, so they got to yeah. rethink it again, and same in Texas, and so like. But what you don't see now is that they're not reporting the death numbers because they're going down significantly. And when you go looking at the J, the Johns Hopkins um, COVID tracker that I've been glued to since this time last year, like the cases are pretty steady, but the deaths are it's just nowhere near compared to like the the percentage of cases that result in death now have been on a steady decrease that's good for for more than for well uh, for more than 6 months i think dude yeah. facts like this is why i i should like download a soundboard onto my uh, phone <laughs> so i can get that homer simpson sound good of him saying that's good <laughs> or that's bad <laughs> yep those would be good soundboard quotes uh, yeah. A future podcast, maybe next one. <laughs> we like, still got to try video sometime too. Oh yeah, uh-huh. we, we gotta go full zoo crew sometime. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, so I personally think it's gonna be fall. Like when things will start, when things will start yeah. opening. I don't think there will be international travel until next year, which is a bummer. It is. I would like go back Canada. Yeah, I'm trying to get to Panama. Actually, I think you probably could get the Panama. You can, yeah, yeah. They're they're letting us in, but I, I want to go fully legal. You know, Full. like just I don't want anyone to give me grief about traveling out of the country or any of that shit. And I really, I don't want to have to wear a mask on a fucking airplane, dude. And I and I know that's me being a bitch. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do yeah. with me, like my beliefs or anything like that. I just don't want to do it. Because I already struggle enough with being uncomfortable. Well, that's what I want to ask you, too, uh, besides when you think it'll be quote-unquote normal, mm-hmm. is uh, how long do you think it'll take for you to go back to quote-unquote normal? I don't think I will. Um, and, and the reason for that is because I make house calls. As long as there's a percentage of the population that expects me to wear a mask in their home, I will always show up with a mask. So long after the kids at Meyer don't have to wear it anymore, long after everybody takes down their mask required sign off their doors, I will still have one in my pocket because there's always going to be some crazy grandma that's like, you will not wear shoes in my home. You must wear a mask and here's some hand sanitizer. They literally do it to me once a week. I show well, up to someone's house. Well, granted, so. at least at the beginning, there were some people that were doing kind of the opposite. Yeah. Like telling yeah. you like, yeah, you know that mask doesn't, you're wearing, doesn't work, you know. Yeah, people get, and that's, that's the thing, man. I get all of it. I hear everything. Every opinion that anyone has had about it, I have heard. And for me, I think the most pragmatic and practical way to be is if there's one out of a hundred people that wants me to wear a mask, I will have that mask. But for me, I already don't give a fuck. You can come in this room and not wear a mask. I will say zero words to you. Yeah, I know. I've been I've been doing that all year. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not scared. Me, I'm not scared. Granted. 
Well, yeah. I do think you are a little because uh, I have tried to French kiss you numerous <laughs> times, and you just will not allow it. I, I mean, I, I'm a damaged person, and I just don't appreciate human touch. <laughs> well, this is news to me because I thought this was like our uh, our our ritual every time we meet. No, we make I, out for a sec. I, in fact, it's been my staple to have a six foot bubble of space around me constantly since I was a child. I fucking can't stand having people why, next to me. Why are you de- why are you denying the truth? <laughs> no, I'm serious though. Uh, okay, serious. I, I think you know pre-pandemic I wash my hands like an obsessive compulsive. I'm very germaphobic. I don't like having things on my hand, like any. I don't like my hands to be dirty at all. If you see me out doing hard, like yard work, I will wash my hands every 20 minutes just to wash the dirt off them. Like I clean my fingernails all the time. I don't like my hands being dirty. So I was a germaphobe before. I will continue that behavior until my death. Like I will always be like that. As far as the mask thing goes, I I already don't care. Just to reiterate, I don't care, but I will always wear it in the businesses when it's posted that I need to, and when someone asks me to, I'll always have it. And for me, it's it's going to be something that I carry around with me in my backpack, like my wallet, and I make sure I have a red pen and a black pen, and I have my tablet and my phone. You know, like yeah. I, it's going to be an item that I'm going to keep with me. For yeah, years, same, same I here. Think. I think uh, I already have like masks in my travel in my backpacks and my suitcase exactly dude in your backup stuff and it'll probably be in there forever especially if i'm like being this world traveler sure going to a random airport then be like pandemic breakout wear a mask yeah and or or if i'm sick i'll wear a mask yeah that's when i go out in public like it's it's a consideration for me now and i think it's completely reasonable you know and i won't i won't jeer at anyone who's wearing one 10 years from now which which keep in mind in asia it's common to wear a mask if you're sick or something's going around yeah whereas here in america it is a mind control device And that's I think that's what I think is really going to come to a head. Well, uh, it's a, it's not only a mind control device device, but it also is slowly getting us to accept Islam. Apparently, Jesus. people just, <laughs> people come up with the looniest bullshit, I dude. Know. Like, how could you live in the fucking reality that we live in and think that that's the case? Like, yeah. Do you know how long it took for them to get you fourteen hundred dollar checks? Like. Dude, they can't mobilize that type of shit to work against you. It just doesn't exist. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, on that note, I do think there will be another stimulus, including a check sometime this year. So? Oh, yeah, because I, I think our economy is still going to be fucked. Dude, and, I think uh, the rent... The, the, uh, um, rent moratorium, the eviction moratorium oh, yeah, are yeah. already affecting me and my my dealings with the real estate market yeah, i've already that. been sent to places where it's like the guy's getting kicked out and he's completely distraught and i'm expected to just show up and take pictures of his house so now when i go to like the, there's a listing on my like auto form thing that i get when my i get my assignments and if it says tenant occupied property i will not go anymore unless i have either the owner of the building or the real estate agent there with me because Dude, I've gotten guns pulled on me and shit when I go to tenant-occupied properties because it's exactly as you think it is. They don't want to leave. They're getting kicked out because they can't afford and their life is falling yeah. apart. Yeah, they and sh- they are very much on a hair trigger uh, and I don't on blame. just some guy. I don't, yeah, I don't exactly, blame Exactly, dude. I don't they blame need, them either. I'm on need, their side, dude. They need to Fuck sit, these people. 
they need to save yeah. those bulls for their fucking landlords. Because yeah. exactly. sad to say, as much yeah. as I wish we could, they're, we're not going to be standing them up against walls anytime soon. No. But I, and I don't agree with that either. You know, you know everything's <laughs> just, everything's so complex, dude. That's what... Oh, come on, dude. You know, well... I, I'm no friend to landlords, but I am a friend to landlords. Uh, you know what uh, I'm saying? Like, okay, I know people who are landlords, and the, they're my friends. Let's, <laughs> let's meet in the middle. Let's do the dead Kenny solution and just lynch them. <laughs> lynch them. Jesus. <laughs> you know... You see, we, we can come to a compromise. Yeah, a comedic compromise here. Yeah, no, but, I... But when you ask me the direct question... This like when do you think we'll be back to normal this year? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be this year. All right, and and, and I, I'm I'm willing to believe that too. My my but, statement of what is normal though may be different than what someone well, else's standard might be. True. Yeah. Uh, let me. I guess we. I guess I could go into my normal. Okay. Is that uh, I'm hoping for fall because that was like the original prediction, and it's far off enough that yeah, it seems legit. Mm-hmm. And my thing is that honestly, I like to, I like go concerts. I like bar hopping. I like nightclubbing. And yeah, I hadn't done any of that because uh, yeah. pandemic. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know how well I'm gonna adjust back to doing that. To like not wearing a mask in crowded spaces. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just gonna have to wait till it actually happens. But. For me, it's yeah. if it's people I know and I trust. Uh, like I can, I don't care. Like I can yeah, see strangers. it. Like I can see it being a little bit. I can see my heart thumping. You no, know, the first time I go into like a Chicago nightclub. Sure, dude. Yeah. I can see that because, like, you know, I'll you know, part of my mind be like, ah, oh, man, sure, good to be back. Another part be like, COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> Dude, even even if I am gonna be vaccinated, yeah, I th- you know this is a completely unrelated thing, but it's it's similar with the bars and restaurants and crowded spaces. Is I never thought things were gonna be the same after the smoking ban. Oh really? I thought there's no way that people can have a fun time in a bar without there being a cloud of smoke. There's no way you can go to the dance club without there being a little room where you can go like have like quiet conversations with people over a cigarette like bar culture can't exist without that and i mean obviously like it was completely unaffected and in many cases it's uh, way so, better oh uh, yeah you know? i i agree i mean like good old fourth coast was sure r- yeah really that place changed. was ruined <laughs> really well it wasn't ruined but it really in changed. my opinion it was ruined it's been yeah. ruined now but that's because yeah. the greedy owners exactly but no i mean for me, I I'm really nostalgic for a smoke filled bar with, you know, th- like a sticky floor and everybody's spitting all over the place. Uh, and I, I a bunch of crust punks. Like I, uh. I I'm I'm nostalgic for that. That was a huge part of my teenage years was going to those places and coming home, you know, with sticky shoes and yeah. and smelling like cig- a pack of cigarettes. And, like, I'm nostalgic for that feeling, but it's a feeling that will never come back. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it being something that existed and will never exist again. It's or, okay with me. Or is this one of those nostalgic things that you're cool with? Until it's over, you have to deal with it after. Yeah, kind of, that's another thing, man. Because I've had that happen a lot with me, too. I'm like, oh, this is great. Then afterwards, fuck. Well, smoking is fucking bad. It's just... Bad. Well, grant, granted, you're a smoker and I'm not, so mm-hmm. very different. Well, I haven't smoked 
real analog cigarettes for a couple of years, but I'm still hopelessly addicted to nicotine. That's oh, for sure. Oh yeah, you're working on that popcorn yeah. long pretty well. Always, always. And, and I mean, I, you know, that's a that's a personality flaw for like that's a weak point for me, dude. Like I I don't agree with that. That I should no. smoke. I think it's wrong. Like I I don't want to be a slave to nicotine at all. But like. You know, that that sort of lends a person a perspective to sort of understand the struggle with addiction and everything like that, too. And so, I mean, that's not uh, – that's a completely different point from, like, yeah, the bars but, being smoky. Yeah, but. but but what I'm saying is I think it'll – well, kind of like when COVID first started, how paranoid and nervous I was. I think mm. it'll be like that again, but then I'll call my shit and I yeah. guess go on with my life. Well, you know – you could drive an hour south of here and COVID doesn't exist. Oh, really? In Indiana. Oh, really? You know I mean? Indiana? <laughs> the, I, I mean, if you really think about it, Indiana's a very magical place. A lot of, a lot of things don't happen. Right. It happened in Michigan. <laughs> but, I mean, that's... Kind of makes you wonder. That's another thing, though. Like, I don't see news items about how every other person in Indiana is dying. But you can go to a business and not wear a mask in the state of Indiana. Well, you know? that again, probably because... At least to my knowledge. They, they, pro- they probably are numbers, but just as they don't care to enforce it, they don't care to report it. Okay. That is they're, a really... Saying, that's actually a really valid, man. Well, I hadn't considered Or they that. find another reason, like, well, he had COVID, but he also had a bad heart, so that's why he has his heart attack. I'm sure there's a there's lot of that. that. There's a lot of misrepresentation, and, and I'm not saying that that's the that I just mean, let everybody go yeah. is a solution. I don't I think mean, it is. I mean, this is the state where uh, our former vice president Mike Pence governed over, and uh, his one of his most famous things there is that he let an AIDS outbreak just go hog wild in Indiana because <laughs> his whacked out Christian beliefs thought it was yeah. cool. And I mean, dude, I, I, in terms of. Uh, the state level government here, like I'm, I think Whitmer did the right. I think she made the correct decisions. Oh, and I, I, that Cal Caldoun, the Surgeon General, or the the lady that was on TV with her really early on with all the shutdowns, like man, did I really enjoy watching those segments of those press releases because it was just like straight facts from this lady like here's what we know like this is what i read in these peer-reviewed journals today like it was like wow this is refreshing like like listen to the these like scientific facts being presented without a filter to me right now it's pretty pretty nice yeah i i agree for the most part with the Wimmer's actions. Yeah, There's some stuff for I, the most part. Yeah. yeah, I disagreed with a lot of stuff too, but it wasn't enough to like mm-hmm. me just go crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, a year ago we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't yeah. know. Well, well, it's not even like you know we know more stuff now. Mm-hmm. It's just some general stuff where I'm like, wait, really? Like, uh, I think one of the things I first noticed was like uh, they shut down uh, some bathrooms in like state parks and that, but yeah. put porta potties in there instead. Right? It's like, yeah. okay, that's dumb. That and that's that's that kind of man. I, I mean, so, like, I wish you didn't hate Infinite Jest so much <laughs> because uh, this is exactly the type of situation. That uh, that how dare book. you bring that up? <laughs> because I listened to it twice in the fucking pandemic, and I fucking love it. <laughs> okay, love that it. that is legend, but you know, you know. If, if you really want to challenge yourself, go listen to Finnegan's Wake. 
<laughs> it's just, it's, man, it's the farce of life. Because, like, you want to be a rational person and you want to be self-preserving. So you don't want to die of coronavirus and you don't want to give it to the people that you love. But you also don't want to have your life impacted unless it's absolutely direly necessary. And I think that we're still sort of figuring out where that balance goes. Like, yeah. how, how do we... How do we buttress our safety with our ability to preserve a semblance uh, of our human life? Yeah, to, don't get it twisted, folks. I do not like Whitmer, particularly because, <laughs> no. but not, not because of COVID, <laughs> but because of uh, her response to the BLM uprisings, which, like every other governor and mayor, was sending the National Guard and police to fuck shit up. Yep. Hell, even and even, she tried to ban vaping too. Yeah, fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah there's that. <laughs> I or, called or, her. I called her office. I left her a voicemail. I'm like, sure she got. You. I'm sure she exactly. got. Exactly. It was not her, but some can Some staffer but, had to listen to me, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, what I found most egregious was uh, she actually sent over Michigan National Guard to uh, Wisconsin and Kenosha, where oh, that Rittenhouse piece of shit killed those people. I didn't know that. Yeah, he literally said like. Uh, hey, 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 Wisconsin, you need help oppressing your populace? Here, have some of our National Guard to help you. Have you been following the legal proceedings from the uh, Capitol rioters or yeah, from, from yeah, that cop? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, jeez. Craziness, dude. It's so great. No one's watching them. And these people are all just getting loud. Dude. Getting out. Dude. Getting away with it. Dude. Fuck M Live because uh, M Live twice have, like, given a platform to, like, two locals that were there just so they can like brag about what they've done Christ. and the whole thing was like i am not a rider i am a patriot you know just because i try to go in there and Dude, kill some people I, 20 years from now i will still think anyone who participated in that is a fucking criminal oh yeah i fuck. really i really i i have i have been down there i've been swayed by groupthink in this in the capital uh, not in the capital, like next to the capital, like in a giant mass of, of people watching George Bush leave and we didn't fucking riot. You know what I'm saying? Like no one stormed Actually, the yeah, capital when fun. Al Gore got got yeah. hoed out. Yeah, you know? Funny too, because uh, Barack Obama's new memoir, which kind of seems like just to serve to make him look worse with every line. Apparently, when he was uh, riding with Bush to, you know, be inaugurated, mm. he saw protesters against Bush, and he was angry at them. He's like, you know, no president leaving should be protested against. Like, dude, George yeah. W. He's fucking, a fucking Bush, war criminal, the <laughs> yeah, greatest, dude. one of the greatest war criminals of all time. Yeah, dude. Like, fuck you. Yeah, oh, dude, the, oh, the figurehead that, of thanks. the evil empire. Yeah, thanks. Twenty old, years ago. Thanks, yeah. old bummer. <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking. Well, and the most recent thing I think came out of there was like he thought people would chat would win because, according to him, he's small and gay. That's why he would win the presidency. He's small and gay. Yeah, that's so. In the podcast world, we're like, hmm. I didn't know uh, Barack Obama was a fan of Comtown. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, which is something. Which is a hot take that show would give. <laughs> What a fucking farce. But, Reality is a farce, dude. Yeah. Actually, you want to know a farce. Uh, I got a nice story from the magical land of Florida that may interest you. Florida man, what's he up to? <laughs> Actually, a lot of Florida 
Florida people, plural. All oh. right. And gender neutral. All right. Yeah, because not, not only was it St. Patty's Day recently, mm-hmm. and, and the one-year anniversary of this pandemic, okay. do your own research. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's also spring. Uh, it's also spring break. And uh, Miami Herald, and I screenshot this because, uh, like a lot of a lot of publications, I think they do the whole paywall shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like, let's read this story and then can't access it. <laughs> Miami Herald, party's over. Miami Beach closing causeways, imposing spring break South Beach curfew. Mm-hmm. You're gonna love this story and the specific parts that I got out. <clears throat> Here we go. Let me drink the smart water, <laughs> our constant uh, smart water brought to you by Drake's Party Store. Yeah. See, I don't want to wear a mask, but you won't see me fucking buttoned right up next to somebody on the beach with another 20,000 people, dude. Like, that's, well, that's the behavior well, that's you, dumb. You know what? Enforce, you know who enforces uh, the mask mandate? Drake's Party Store. <laughs> they will sponsor me one. okay here we go frustrated and concerned by overwhelming spring break crowds that have overrun the city's entertainment district the city of miami beach on saturday tried to shut down the party by imposing an 8 p.m curfew in south beach and closing the causeways into the city to visiting traffic the sun orders with some business business owners worry would cripple venues banking on the crush of tourists to help them bounce back from the pandemic, constitute the most far-reaching stop. <laughs> most far-reaching restrictions restrictions on spring break partying that Miami Beach City Hall has imposed in recent memory. These crowds are in the thousands, the city manager said. We're at capacity, and I can't pronounce their name properly. I don't want to disrespect them by trying to do it. It's it's a name that's not Smith or Adam. <laughs> so I am completely incapable of reading it. Because I am Caucasian. First night of curfew enforcement. Immediately after curfew kicked off Saturday, South Beach crowds weren't much affected. Snapchat videos show large groups of people still amassed. CBS4 reported tweeted videos of crowds slowly thinning out about 30 minutes after the curfew. But still large groups of people were standing or walking around. Pedestrians on Twitter said Miami Beach police SWAT teams were blocking roads and moving to disperse the crowd. Pepper balls were hurt being shot and a brief stampede started. And uh, I have to say this is in the tradition of it's good to ride in America, which is basically when, like, you're having a party, whether spring break or whether your football team loses or wins. Mm-hmm. Look at you, Michigan State. There's always a and fucking... Florida. Yeah, because <laughs> seriously, every time I hear of, like, a game at MSU, there's always a riot afterwards. Mm-hmm. Whether or, they win, whether they lose, doesn't or matter. Or at least there's, like, one couch on fire in the middle mm-hmm. of the street mm-hmm. in East Lansing. Yeah. Uh, one of the some guy who tweeted Daniel Ufelder of Daniel Ufelder Law, this fucking dweeb that kind of looks like uh, Alan Combs if he was still alive and not Jewish, <laughs> but tweeted 
the Miami Beach curfew isn't going so well. <laughs> then a video of everyone getting shot up with pepper balls. Jesus Christ, man. I, man, I'm sure it's a multiracial crowd, but this is probably the only time that you'll hear, like, police just, well, fucking up white people. Like they would BLM protesters. I, I really struggle with all this shit, dude. Because it's like, you you can't rely on people to follow rules. But it's wrong to just fucking shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for something so stupid. I don't know how I feel. I don't. I really. I'm so yeah, conflicted, that... man. I because on the same on the same page, I think that they should be able to enforce rules. Like I think if if there is a mask mandate, then it should be enforced, right? But when the enforcing involves driving fucking tanks into the beach to fucking get kids off the fucking beach because all they want to do is listen to Drake songs and fucking overconsume shitty alcohol. Like what the fuck dude? What, what kind of society do we live in? Like there, there's so the problems are so multifaceted that there isn't even an offending party and an offended party. Cause like the cops, the cops know they can't just, like roll up and be like, "Bad boys, go home." What you that ain't gonna do? work. What yeah, gonna well, not naughty kids. How dare you? How dare you drink alcohol? Like, how dare you come to this city and do what you want? Like, they don't want to do that, and people are just so willing to be violent now after what whatever I, happened I, in I, our world you I know? will I will have to kind of disagree with you on the police don't want to do it thing because uh okay I I'll do give th- you that. I do think there are a lot that are they bloodthirsty or, or want savages. to impose their authority yeah. and of course but that's like, also a generalizing statement so you're right oh, yeah, totally. those elements exist but like man I know cops that aren't shit bags but they might even just agree or just like politely laugh when the shit bags are yeah, being well, shit bags, and that's that's a problem too. So man, yeah. I don't know. There's no fucking yeah, solution like, for oh, this. Don't worry, Mister Elmblad. I wouldn't pepper spray you, <laughs> <laughs> right? But they sure would. Uh, you, you know, you, uh, Zach, you might want to get in line. We're gonna shoot up these these peaceful protesters. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm I'm disgusted by a lot of things, but I don't have like we don't really have a way to change it. You know, but then like you don't want to. Didn't we have this um, this conversation a couple of years ago N- about being time. centrist? Num- you know? Yeah, numerous times. And, yeah. Uh, I I think I've convinced you to use the word moderate. Yeah, so yes, yeah. The yeah, centrist yeah. is not a good one. I understand that now. <laughs> centrist is along the lines of like, well, okay, genocide's bad. This is bad, but that's bad too. So. How about just a little genocide? But that's also in the American context because even yeah. the Democratic Party uh, is right wing in in the United States. Oh yeah, I'm totally using everything in American yeah. context. Yeah, everything is so vastly different in Europe to the point where they're like, "What the fuck? What?" Yeah, dude. Everybody's look. The our global village is looking at the United States right now. Like, what? Oh yeah, we're is at, going on. Oh yeah, even Canada looks at us fucking. Yeah. Weird. Can you remember a time in your life where we spent an entire year not being able to go to the country of Canada? We live a- across a lake from it. Can't go. 
can't go across that lake. Well, we tried. I mean, Trump tried to get them to open early, saying something like, you know, I think his something like, you know, Canada should open because, you know, we want to make Canada great again, too. You know, Trudeau stopped being a little bitch. <laughs> Trudeau's like, uh, nope. <laughs> my cousin Trudeau. Yeah, your cousin. Yeah, my cousin. Cousy. Yeah. You should try to get Canadian citizenship through him. I don't know if I want Canadian citizenship. Dude, I would jump at Canadian citizenship. Maybe. It's okay. I mean, the thing about Can- Canadian citizenship is that that is also um, citizenship in the... Oh, what do they call it? The protectorates of the UK, like the Commonwealth. Yeah. Like you can you can sort of immigrate very easily to Australia and yeah, and um, like a couple other places having that. So it's good. It's good citizenship to have. In yeah. fact, these days it's probably better than United States uh, citizenship. Uh, but. Honestly, what could be what could be worse than American citizenship? Like, <laughs> Really? Well, a lot, but I mean, I'm I'm still pr- I still have civic pride, man. I'm still proud to be an American. I like where I came from. I like our story. I I'm I'm still in the, in the Kool Aid there, but like, I guess my exploration of alternate citizenship is I'd like to have a secondary citizenship in Panama <laughs> because it's it's a it's an economic. Thing. It's an economic thing. It's a. It's a. Um, like I want to make sure my assets are protected in case the United States decides that they're gonna go full fascist and just start fucking taking shit. Like I don't know. I'd like to have an escape route if I need one. <laughs> I guess is sort of my. I mean, my rationale. I mean, like you read the Panama Papers and thought, <laughs> you know, that seems like a good I idea. I I have seriously been looking into what it takes to gain Panamanian citizenship. I think earlier in the podcast we asked you asked oh, me where the first country I want to go to when when we yeah. when it opens up it's Panama. That's I want to go Actually, to Panama. Uh, Behind the Bastards did a great two-parter about the creation of the Panama Canal. Yeah, uh we fucked that country. We fucked Panama up pretty we good. We did. Wow. Uh, I've been to Panama already before. I mean, I was listening I'm like Wow. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised, but I still am. I guess that means I still have, I don't know, what's the thing? Humanity left in me? <laughs> okay, let's continue this really yeah. funny story okay. out of Florida. All right, yes. Florida. Land of hilarity, Florida. Close to Panama. Closer than Michigan. <laughs> and unfortunately, we're closer to Indiana. Yeah, we are very close to Indiana. Oh, fucking hey. Why has God done this to us? <laughs> it's only like 30 miles away. Anyway, build a wall around Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Keep Pence out of Michigan. Okay. Pence fence. Okay. They just shot pepper balls at stampeding people. Even as police were trying to thin the crowd, the party didn't stop. One video showed a man throwing money into the throngs of people. I love being alive. Even as, even as police were trying... Oh, wait, I just read that. There's a video of it. In other acts of defiance, some people twerked on cars as crowds moved. You it, almost got a spit take there. I was not expecting that. Nice. <laughs> Twerking on cars. Yep. I love the Inc- human race. <laughs> including a police car. Perfect. And others did tire burnouts as they tried to drive out of the area, social media video show. Hmm. So, 
All right. Last night, if you saw the photos of Ocean Drive, it was quite simply overwhelming, the guy said. It looked like a rock concert. You couldn't see pavement and you couldn't see grass. So we feel that this is necessary, not only to protect our residents, but our visitors, including our spring breakers, who we want to keep safe. Which, yeah, they should be doing this, but how shitty is that? You go on spring break, and they impose a curfew and just shoot the shit out of you. But also... Man, and here's my argument, I guess, is what's the point? None of these kids are are going to be – well, I can't say none because that's a blanket statement. But a, an overwhelming majority of these kids are not going to be vulnerable pop- populations. Now, again, I understand they could then spread it to a vulnerable population. I get it. But what I'm thinking is these kids are probably all living in dorms and shit. Like, they're going to go home and be essentially quarantined anyway because their classes are probably still remote and they're just stuck, you know? They're not going home to spread it to their their parents. Like, and in many cases, if it's an 18-year-old kid in university right now, their parents are probably not 55 or older. So even their parents aren't, aren't susceptible populations. So, like... When we talk about opening the country back up, and when I say it's going to be in fits and starts, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's, about. A, that's a good point. You know, you can see these – the kids just want to go have spring break because they're in college and they want to have the spring break that all of the college kids for the last hundred years have had, which is go down to Florida, get trashed, come back with a tattoo and or a venereal disease. Like that's been a, a rite of passage for American – like middle class teenagers since American middle class teenagers could go to university. They're just trying to live reality. Yeah. They're no. not going there to be protesters. Why are the cops shooting them with rubber bullets? They're just trying to go and have fun, you know? Yeah, I yeah, I guess I'll wait until the end of the story to make my okay. big yeah. grand proclamation because that's what I do on this podcast. <laughs> well, you sit there and silently agree. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I really do think that's probably what's going to happen with COVID, especially now that we're getting vaccinated and the numbers are going down, is that there's still going to be restrictions in place. And mm-hmm. those who don't want to do it either because they want to have fun or their nut jobs that were against it from the get-go are going to feel and more that's emboldened. That's the bad part. More emboldened to do stuff like that. Right, but now shouldn't we almost be supporting the front edge leaders on that? Like the people who want to return back to reality. Now there's been a there's been sort of a gray area of time where you don't want to support that idea. You don't want people to be rushing to just go back to normal. But I think that as we try to fade uh, and, back into normal, you have to sort of... A, ge- a generalized you know, population, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the guy, the guy with the MAGA hat, no. and yeah, fuck him. <laughs> exactly. but, Unfortunately, that guy's going to be the loudest, which sucks. You're right, you're right, man. You're right. I mean... Yeah. And I'm, that's a problem. I'm, I mean, have you been hearing about what's been going on in Holland, Michigan, this week? Oh yeah! Didn't some someone had like not, not shut down this yeah, entire time? Yeah, yeah. Her yeah. This woman runs a pizza shop now. She's in jail, I guess. Dude, just throngs of these fucking shows just converged upon her place, and I'm pretty sure she accepts it. But uh, yeah, jeez, that's that's what that's what sucks about about it, is that these that these these assholes just converge then. Since they're the loudest and the most arrogant shit, 
they're going to become the face of it, and it's going to be hard for me to support it. Yeah. It's like, uh. yeah. I want to be a sensible person. I don't want to put anyone at undue risk because of my behavior. But me, myself, I'm, I'm always willing to be in the, like, 40 to 50% danger zone. Like, that's a thing for me. I don't mind that, you know? Like... Uh, that that how how my like danger sensing gradient works is sort of not based on microbiology because like even just in the understanding that fucking viruses just are everywhere is already scary enough <laughs> you know and the fact that we have one targeted one that we had to be concerned about for a while is sensible and rational but i think Man, you're going to see a lot of... I think these news stories two years from now are going to be like, some fucking grandma in <laughs> in Sheboygan still refuses to let her grandkids come over without masks on. Like, what is this zany yeah. bitch up to? Like, and, and, li- and likewise, you have a grandma in Sheboygan who uh, punched a cop who uh, told her she had to wear a mask inside a store. Right, or they, and, like, and, have and, and a then, kid with then, COVID play yeah. with other kids to yeah. spread it. And then and then the grandma got in her car and they had to give chase to her. Mm-hmm. Which is actually somewhat a true story that happened in a Grand Haven, I guess, last <laughs> year. They told this fucking boomer to put on her mask. She punched the cop and then they had to give chase to her. Well, uh, there's a local comedian uh, I'm friends with on Facebook. Would like to have him on sometime. He actually talked about how recently uh, he he does a job at this place where he's like, I don't know, bouncer or some shit. Mm-hmm. He actually had to like take a step back because uh, he told dude, oh, you have to wear your mask to the table. And the guy was so mad that he knew he was about to get sucker punched by him. So, yeah, I still think that's going to happen. A lot of people are saying like, I got vaccinated. Der, der, der. Yeah. And then, yeah. And the violence will keep on coming. Yep. Yeah. And we're a lot of, I have a medical condition. <sighs> yeah. like, I love that excuse because, like, they have these awful medical conditions, yet they're still alive. Yeah, I know, dude. It's like, how are you not Whatever, dead? Dude. Just wear and, the fucking and, face cloth, for Christ's sake. And, just more, do it. and more so, if this hasn't killed you, what makes you think you'll survive COVID? Yeah. Yeah. It's an invisible enemy. So stupid. You know, I, uh, ex- you're, there's a lot of stupid. The, the never-ending variety of ways in which the human race can embarrass itself continues to amaze me in a kaleidoscopic fashion. Like, every day I go out and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on in this it's like, goddamn world? It's, it's like that meme of that one actor who plays Kylo Ren in the Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. It's from another project where he's like yelling at a woman. Yeah. He's like, every day I wake up. Then he like punches a wall and cries. Every day I wake up in America. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and that's the story. There's some other stuff about how, like, there's a shooting and another thing, and cops are kind of, like, uh, putting that on the protesters, like, well, you know, this shooting happened before. We don't want that to happen here, which I, I guess... I don't want people to get shot either. With rubber bullets, with real bullets, like, I like guns. I don't shoot people with them. I don't... Oh, do you? I, I do not. I do not shoot well, people that's with the guns difference. I own. 
That's not a difference between us. <laughs> I shoot people all the time with my firearms. I shoot people with my camera. Oh, well, I do too, but my camera is actually a gun. <laughs> my camera shoots out a projectile. When you my camera that. is a gun. <laughs> Say cheese. Oh, God. Florida. All right. One last thing I would like to talk to you about, because... Mm. As, uh, let me drink the smart water. <laughs> Where'd you buy that smart water? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> but what is this place that, that I pretend is uh, endorsing this podcast? Hmm. I'm going to have some smart water, too. You know, it'll actually make you smart, unlike the shit that Joe Rogan used to <laughs> <laughs> See that one. mushroom pills? <laughs> no, no, it's something else. I I forget the brands. I don't think he does it anymore since he signed to Spotify. Mm. On it, on it, yeah, yeah on yeah, it. The, the Alpha Brain, the mushroom pills, is it Cordyceps mushrooms? Those are the mushrooms that like infiltrate ants and like make them kill themselves so that the virus the mushroom why are we eating it though it's a different kind of like Uh, it's like a genus is this like something where like it's bad for animals but it's good but it's it's not it's either good for us or it's not good but it just like gets us high but doesn't kill us no i think it's uh like it'd be like saying a bird oh you know like a cordyceps mushroom could be one of ten thousand different types of mushrooms. Oh. I think it's more. I was thinking more like it's a. I think uh, I was thinking more like toads. Like, you know, if if they eat if certain toads are eating, they'll they'll be the person that yeah. uh, the person yeah the the predator eating it will be killed due to venom. But if we lick it, then we just get high. Yeah, yeah, that's like one type of very specific Sonoran Desert toad that's difficult to find. So like that, but, but you found it. I no, I never licked a toad. God damn! But I did watch. Uh, what, I think Hamilton Morris went and found the guy that made the pamphlet that was distributed in in the desert Southwest about toad licking in the Sonoran Desert, and then like. I mean, it's it's a thing that that's actually real. Yeah. There's like one type of toad where if it like is agitated, it will excrete a venom that yeah will kill a Gila monster or whatever attacks it. Yeah. And but like us, it's like DMT or something like. <laughs> you know, the stone ape theory says that, <laughs> that our an- our ape ancestors ate a bunch of shrooms and then became super intelligent. And now we have to sit inside on Facebook all day while a pandemic rages. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Monk. Go, return to Monk. <laughs> but stoned uh, toad theory, where we licked and shoved toads up our asses. And, <laughs> <laughs> Very sensitive place. And now we go on Reddit for our uh, tips on shit that we need to do. <laughs> Throwback to an earlier conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay, last thing I want to talk to you about. Uh, tell me, Zach, I'm glad. Are you enjoying the weather in Michigan this month? Yeah. It's been all right. I mean, uh, it's March. and uh, it is. Pretty much all the snow's gone. All the ice mm-hmm. is gone. It's going to be in the 50s and 50s this week and 60s next week. Mm-hmm. May I remind you that it's March? Yeah. 
perfect, perfectly normal weather for the Midwest. Well, it is, though. Like, it, it's always this up and down thing. Like, we always get, you know, people say, like, false spring and, like, second winter and shit like that. Yeah. So I think people just associate the, like, old wives' tale of, like, March coming in like a lion and out like a lamb as, like, the, the way that weather patterns work, but, like, it's a dynamic system and, like, oh. it's affected by a lot of different things. So, like, I I mean, I think it's I think it's unusually warm and that probably has something to do with climate change. Yeah, so, I, was, I mean, that's, I was, like, that's I what about, you're... I was about to say, you're thinking in a more rational sense. But I, I am taking I'm, a more I'm, rational sense. I think we'll probably I'm get th- another snowstorm before East, I, yeah, well, Easter's next weekend. But yeah, I'm thinking... Through, in April. Thinking the uh, climate apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's... You know, I, I'm a February baby, so I just... I'm, like, hypersensitive no, to no, this time of year. No, no, correct that. You are a February man. A, a, a February son? No, you are a February man. And, February. And There's this, an R in there. You, you know, <laughs> if you've seen the back of some guy's t-shirt, it'll say that he was a February man and he doesn't put up with shit and you can't date his, da- his daughter. I literally have no fucking idea. What you're, if you're like, if you're making a reference, it's completely escaped on me. I don't uh, know. Are okay. You? This is, this is <laughs> a meme explanation with Garrett Shaw. All right. Perfect. Good. Cause I don't okay, get it. <laughs> for real. Have you ever like seen like these weird t-shirts that they sell like boomers where like, it's just a bunch of texts on the back. I'm, I'm, I'm like, Okay, it's gr- it's great to be a Mackenzie. Like, okay, well, basically, there's this. Uh, these are real things, but people meme them. It's just like a shirt that has like a bunch of shit that you supposedly are, and it's all about you being a badass. And okay. then, and the big thing is like they like to ascribe the month of your birth to like these traits of yours, like. I was born December, and I hate veggies or something. Oh, like s- sort of like Zodiac, but just on people's birthdays, or yeah, but yeah, but it's just these dumb things that they try to attribute to you to make you a badass. And uh, the popular one is December Man. <laughs> and uh, here I was completely unaware of this. Please but you can, but know. you, but I you can really apply it to like anything. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, like astrology. Yeah, and like I said, it's a lot of like boomer stuff that they hate. Like, you know, you can't date my daughter or I went to war and I didn't cry like you snowflakes. Wow. Yeah, well, here, here we go. Uh, at Spreadshirt.com, you can get this one, this December Man shirt for $18.99 plus shipping. Here, let me just read it off. December guy, one of a kind, great kisser, loves being in long relationships, reliable, he speaks fluent sarcasm, cool, intelligent, in the best and nothing less of something way I can't read that part. Nice, sexy, sassy, amazing in bed, proud, overthinking, stubborn, doesn't care about your money, card, or clothes, just wants your love, loyal and dedication. Not a fire will knock your lights out. He may seem sweet, but has a dark side that <laughs> he has a dark side that you don't think 
he has. We have a lot of love to give. Only it takes a little something. I don't know. You've never seen these shirts in public? I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, it's I, stuff I, like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. That's why I made that February. Okay, no, <laughs> that was completely escaped on me. But no, what I mean by saying that is that I sort of associate my birthday with the weather in late February, right? Because I'm pay, it's my birthday, it's my oh, day, okay. I pay attention to it. But very, very often on my birthday, which is the the last week of February... It is either just has snowed or the most previous big snow has melted. And then we have these, like, two or three weeks of, like, 60-degree days and all the snow melts. And there's, like, you know, the college kids are running around in shorts. And, like, you can drive down on campus and everybody's out playing beer pong in their front yards. And then you get slapped again with snow. And everyone's like, oh, You know what? Before we begin... Before we continue this actual serious conversation, I kind of want to have. <laughs> I did look up February Man T-shirt. Oh no! And here oh, we go. You're real. gonna okay. You're gonna go. love this one. And all right. Actually, the last example I gave you was kind of wholesome in a way. Mm-hmm. This one is actually more accurate to what I was talking about. Okay. It also has a graphic, and I'll just read it here. And of course, it's by a guy who kind of looks like a Family Dollar version version of Henry Rollins. Mm-hmm. And here's what it says. I'm a grumpy old man. I was born in February. I'm too old to fight, too slow to run. I'll just shoot you and be done with it. And it shows like a Grim Reaper with a rifle. That's the kind of shit that I'm talking Marketing about. Marketing people are so fucking weird. Who'd someone, do, you know, someone had to fucking spend like fucking 45 minutes to an hour in Adobe and, uh, a, you know, in some type of graphic design software to fucking make that t-shirt. Some human being in order to like for profit motive fucking made that up, dude. That is the, that's the person that we need to fucking send down to Florida to get fucking shot with rubber bullets. Okay. Some fucking dingus fucking decided that that's the t-shirt he wants. So there's a t-shirt business that fucking designed that, dude. God damn it. Here we are struggling to fucking write these books that we're really proud of and shit. And these fucking assholes can design some February man t-shirt. God damn it. Why don't we just fucking quit? <laughs> so frustrating. I hope that guy has a nice house. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Rollins, he did make a shirt joke about that. There we go. I'll just play it. Yeah, careful, don't get demonetized. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck, I'll just go, here, go to Walmart one where you just, here we go. Oh, fuck, where's this shirt? <laughs> <laughs> there are people in 
All right. All right, yeah. <laughs> Everything from the truck stop, dude. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, those shirts are in that range. Yes, oh, you are right. <laughs> uh, I love that bit. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Who the fuck wears this shirt? <laughs> That's so right, dude. You go to a TA in fucking Missouri, and you're like, dude, is that Donald Trump riding a nuclear bomb with a lasso and no pants on? What? Yeah, they totally rip off that Kubrick scene from Dr. Strangelove. Especially if you know the logistics of this, like... If those shirts are in every truck stop, there's like 300 TAs on the U.S. interstates. Like, you know how many thousands of those T-shirts were made in order to stock them at these fucking stores, dude? Uh, you know how, you know how like, uh, when you used to see, like, um, uh, commercials, late-night TV commercials for, like, aid to children in yeah. Haiti or something yeah, the, and they're all and wearing they, and, they like, play, and they play that song yeah dude. And, they're, and they're all wearing like Super Bowl 1998 shirts but the <laughs> yeah. lose, like the, the winner of the game is actually yeah. you know what I'm saying like that's yeah. that's exactly this like what happens to all those shirts when they sit on the shelf in the TA center for fucking two years and like one or two people buy them it's got to go somewhere like yeah they 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 should wear actual good t-shirts like you're wearing right now. Oh yeah, dude, the legends Your of the legends Hidden of Hidden Temple. Temple that fucking mm-hmm. awesome show. <laughs> no what? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Am I giving you heartburn? <laughs> no. <laughs> the fact that I have I haven't eaten and all I've done is drink espresso all day and I woke up at 7 a.m. That's what gave me heartburn. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, let's get on to the last real final topic I'm interested in talking to you about. Okay. Because uh, the weather's been nice here. All the snow's gone. Totally mm-hmm. not be- totally not because of climate change. <laughs> if you think that, you're gay and dumb. But uh, but yeah, uh, last month I believe it was you went uh, winter camping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my uh, hot tent. Yeah, uh, I want to talk to you about that because okay. uh, I think we mentioned it before, but uh, I'm very interested on how uh, winter camping works, at least for you. Like, okay. Like, okay, winter camping, obviously you go out in the woods during the winter and you camp. Mm-hmm. But uh, how does it differentiate from, other than that factoid, obvious factoid, how does it... Uh, differentiate from regular camping like say during the summer or the fall there's a lot more work involved a lot more work in summer you really just need to find water like that's the thing that you really 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 need you don't need to make a fire so that you can stay warm you can just sleep on the ground you don't need shelter as much um you can kind of just plop down anywhere yeah yeah and the clothing you wear isn't as important because you can always just take it off if you're too hot but with winter camping, you kind of have to plan a lot more. You have to have a lot more, like, survival skills in general. And, you know, the equipment is, is I mean, you can survive in the winter. There's things you can do. You can be fine. But, like, to do it sort of safely and as, like, a pleasure experience, it's, it's sort of expensive to yeah, have now, stuff to do. Now, where you went camping is someplace you've camp out numerous times well that's an interesting story about that specific winter camping trip because we didn't actually end up camping where we intended on camping oh really so (laughs) my intention was to camp at luddington state park okay 
So Ludington State Park, if you're not familiar, is on the west coast of Michigan. It's on the lakeshore. It's actually like a strip of land that's between Lake Michigan, the big inland sea, the Great Lake, and like a, a Michigan inland lake, small fishing lake. And so there's a, a narrow strip of land, and on that is a state campground. So I got two nights at this state campground. Like, you reserve it online, and you get a little ticket thing that you put in your windshield to say, hey, I'm, I'm taking this spot. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I got, well, first of all, it was a fucking blizzard out. So um, the plow trucks hadn't iced yet. So the 84th Street Bridge, I actually went sideways and got in the, and, um, crashed into the ditch on the way. <laughs> and so my Jeep was fine. And so I got towed out of the ditch and then just kept driving to Ludington instead of just going home. Oh, so, so, so you just kind of like gently slid into it. Yeah. Oh, I, I went sideways on some black ice and yeah. then over, oversteered, went to the left side of the road and then corrected overcorrected, went to the right side of the road and then hit some slush and got sucked into the ditch. Oh yeah. And like, it was steep enough, um, where I couldn't like four wheel drive myself out cause yeah. the snow drift was like, it wasn't like a big epic rollover crash. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, the Jeep was fine. Well, I was fine. Everything was fine. Um, so I got that handled, got extracted, paid for that, continued on. So there was like, 25 mile an hour, 30 mile an hour wind gusts, which is more than I would usually be comfortable camping in, but kind of comes with the territory of wanting to camp in a snowstorm. Wind's a factor. So, fuck it. I'll still try. So, I pull up to the site, keep the Jeep running, keep my headlights at where I'm going to set up the tent. I get my tent set up. It's taking forever. Everything's cold. Banging the tent stakes into the ground. The ground's frozen. They're bending because they're aluminum. It's a big fucking ordeal. Finally, I get this tent set up. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit in the car and warm up for a minute. And then it's a hot tent, so there's a stove. I will assemble the stove, put it in the tent, get a fire started, and start to warm up. Well, I'm just kind of passively looking out the window... And I see the tent blow up three or four feet in the air and then slam down on the ground. And oh. I just went, well, fuck. Oh, you're all alone here. You're not mm-hmm. with anyone else. I'm all alone. For a second there, I thought you went with a, your, with a Kevin. I, well, I went with Ke- Kevin. Kevin and I were supposed to be there for one night. And I decided, that since he was only available for one night, I decided to go a day early Oh, and okay. have a night by myself. Basically, I just wanted to chill in the tent, some me time. watch the fire, have some me time, burn some wood, just chill. And so <laughs> it's finally 10 p.m. It's <laughs> been dark for hours. I've been driving and pushing the car out of the ditch and everything else. And the fucking tent blows over and I just went to hell with it. Because a couple of the stakes had snapped. And what had happened was like the tent doesn't have a floor because... If you have a hot tent, you kind of you don't want the area where the stove is sitting to have a floor because it'll yeah. melt because shit'll just fall out of the stove. So the tent has no floor, and the wind got up under the edge and lifted one of the stakes, like lifted the strap off the stake. So once the wind got up under the tent, it just literally blew it straight up, pulled all the stakes out of the ground. I was digging in the snow for the stakes and shit. 
So I went to a hotel <laughs> and like dried out all my Ur- gear. Urban and, camping. Yeah, I just I literally just went down US 10 and went to the first hotel that was on the right that that had any sign of activity. And so I got a night a room for the night. <clears throat> kind of communicating with Kevin, like, hey, I'm bailing, like, I'm willing to try it tomorrow, like, let's give it another shot, like, if I can set this up during the day, maybe I'll have a better chance, I'll go down to Walmart, I'll get some better tent steaks, like, let's try, you know, well, it turns out that his girlfriend's family has a cabin not far from Ludington, 45 minute drive or whatever, a few miles, and so we decide to reconvene there. And we're going to camp in the backyard of this cabin. So that way, if someone's tent blows over in the middle of the night, th- we have a safe place to go to. You know, so Imagine if you were in that tent when it blew up. Mm-hmm. I did imagine. It would have been very dangerous. Especially <laughs> with a raging fire inside a stove in it. So yeah, well, very serious thing. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you have you seen uh, pictures of people who like... Use their cars to heat their tents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, yeah, they just put. It's like, yeah, yeah nice convenient way. To, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, heat. we've been camping without hot tents before. You know, you just get a really uh, thick fo- sleeping bag. Yeah, folks, that's a joke. Do not do that. Do not like hook up your tent to your car to get heat. No, because that was carbon monoxide. Yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll die doing that. But. um I mean, and carbon monoxide poisoning is a thing in hot tents, too, with, with yeah. stoves. So you have to make sure you ventilate properly so that you get airflow. And that's kind of part of the reason why there's no floor and why the wind can get up <laughs> under it, right? Is because it needs to be that way so you don't die. So everything's a balance, you know. Um, and what we ended up doing is kind of, you know, there was maybe a foot and a half of snow in the drift. So we dug straight down, got to ground. Um, and then set up the tents. Um, I did end up going to Walmart and getting some beefier tent steaks and then we, we drove them in pretty well and they, they worked. Obviously I'm still alive. So (laughs) good to know. Yeah. They worked just fine. That's good. And, um, uh, I probably had it set up by like maybe three in the afternoon. So we still had about two and a half hours before dark and, um, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I slept all night out there. I was fine, but I don't think the interior temperature of the tent, even with the stove go like blasting in there, I don't think it ever got above fifty, fifty-five degrees. Like it's only slightly above freezing, even when you're you know with a raging fire. So like, I'm sitting right next to this little stove, and it's like my back is still cold, but my front is like. 100 degrees so yeah, you're it's difficult you're sweating on yeah you. yeah yeah temperature regulation is really difficult in in those type of situations and so then the next morning we just like got up and went into the cabin started a fire in there made breakfast and then <laughs> fucking kevin got his vehicle stuck in the snow drift so we spent like two hours digging his rav four <laughs> out of the fucking ditch just like we had to get like how i had to dig my car out of the ditch so and then we went and bought some beef jerky and went home. Hmm. So that's what winter camping was like for me last month. Yeah. All right. But in general, uh, winter camping is more dangerous than regular camping. Definitely more dangerous. Definitely a lot more considerations. Well, a lot my, more skill involved. Yeah, yeah. My, my big thing is, like, uh, have you ever been afraid of falling asleep and dying in your sleep? You wake up 
you don't you don't just freeze to death. You wake up like I'm fucking cold. I need to do something about this. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then like we, you know, Kevin and I like to take measured risks. So like, w- w- there was a maybe two or three years ago, we went out on the coldest night of the year just to see if we could not that, die. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Well, that is the type of thing that we like to do. You know. Well, it's going to be the coldest night of the year. Like, Try not to die. Yeah, let's go camping. And I mean, if you really yeah. want to just test not die, you could just Man, go, to Ma- go to Meyer and I'll wear a mask. Everybody deserves a person in their life like Kevin and I are to each other. Like, Since we were seven years old, it's been like, everybody thinks this is a dumbass idea, but I think I can pull it off. You want to help? And he's just like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> and when he calls me up and he's like, I got a really dangerous idea. No one will help me do it. I'm like, what time am I meeting you? Like, <laughs> you know, that's that's how Kevin and I are for each other. And that's that's the, the camping thing. It's like, hey, no no one on planet Earth wants to go camping in negative 30 degree weather with me. Would you? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I will. Let's go, dude. <laughs> so that's kind of the challenge. Like, we want to challenge ourselves. Hey, hey uh, Kevin, no one wants to... <laughs> Stick forks in this electrical socket with me. You want to try it? Sure. I'm pretty sure he did that when we were kids. Oh fuck! Sounds like something he would do. I mean, he would he would have insulated well, it so it didn't electrocute him, but he wanted to see lame, what happened. You know, lame, well, cop out. We had such a good time. Normal we shit, kids, dude. Oh god, we had such a great child. Well, Kevin, come on the podcast. We will. And we will. we can talk about your numerous. Dangerous things, <laughs> Kevin. We were in Kentucky once, and like we're filming shit, and he's like, "Oh, check it out—a bridge!" And it's like a a rusted out railroad trestle bridge in the middle of fucking nowhere. Classic. And like on it is this big sign that just says "Danger, do not cross." And I'm like, "This is all on." Like, in my archives somewhere, I, like, look and pan the camera across where it says, danger, do not cross, <laughs> lift up the camera, and there's Kevin on the other side of the bridge waving at me going, come on! <laughs> Tell me you at least once said, like, your name and then what you're going to do. Like, I'm Zach Elmblad, and this is camping oh, in 30 Creek weather. Probably, 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 dude. Nice jackass nod. Well, we had the... We had... Uh, YouTube series forever that I had on um, public access called uh, well it eventually became Everyday Explorers but before that it was called Somewhere in Kalamazoo this all exists on the internet still you can definitely find it Elblad, it's there Elblad Media Group YouTube page <laughs> yep um, that might even be on my personal YouTube page but either uh, way like which one's that I, I don't think I saw that Elblad oh okay yeah. um yeah, I I, th- I think a lot of the stuff is in the, they're on both channels, but whatever. <laughs> I, I need to organize my whole life, dude. Not just my digital footprint. Like my website hasn't been updated in like five years. <laughs> people keep looking at it. I keep getting people that are like, "Yeah, I looked at your website, and I'm interested in blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "Ugh, you looked at my website? Shit." Uh, <laughs> grant, I gotta do grant, some work. <laughs> granted, over this past month, you probably wish they didn't look at your website. <laughs> Yeah, 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 Mr. Elmblad, uh, can you come tomorrow exactly at this time? You know what's crazy is that both of those blow-ups that I did on Facebook have really interesting back, like, like, the end of those stories. I ended up having to go shoot both of those houses 
even after raising a stink about it. One of them was a guy. One of them was a chick. The dude just didn't know any better. He was well, like, well, 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 let's yeah. let's get into it. The very first one, some. Yeah. Let's just explain the guy. That. The guy emailed me at 7 p.m. and he wanted me to be at a house at 9 a.m. the next day, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm and just the background information is I'm usually professionally booked out about seven to ten days. So like for me to be able to show up tomorrow like a plumber or something is basically <laughs> impossible unless I happen to just have time off that day because my time didn't and get Do full. a lot of clients yeah. think that way? They do, yeah. A lot of people do. It's it's very common. They don't they think that I'm a team of many. They don't realize it's just me. You know <laughs> Team Elmblad. Yeah. Well it's Elmblad Media Group, you know, so oh, that it is I confusing see. to some people. Um because I do function as a group sometimes, but the group is more like my associates than it is you know, my... If you think about it, if you continued using the new scum, mm-hmm. they would think that you're a new type of scum and that, yep. and that they've discovered it. Or they would just read it as the news come, like everybody else <laughs> did. Scum. Jesus Christ. Get your head out of the gutter. But, Com, new come. <laughs> you mean like come to? The two? news come. Come to. <laughs> the, the news is being jizzed at you. Huh. Uh, um, but... Um, then the second one was this chick was basically like, come to South Haven tomorrow. And I was like, no. <laughs> and like, Zach, I need you. Exactly. Well, and it, it turned out this chick, like both of these people were doing that because they wanted me specifically because they knew who I was and they wanted my work to represent their listings. So it was from a positive place that these people are coming from, but they're being completely disrespectful because they're not going through, there's proper channels to like request my services. Like there are many proper channels and they didn't use any of them. They just texted me and said, show up here. And I was just like, granted, I kind of do that too with messages like, Hey bro, you want me? And that's, that's what I mean, though. Like, I don't want to tell people that I can't be accessed that way, but they need to be respectful. So it's like, you didn't say, I need to meet you at 1 p.m. on t- on Sunday, March, whatever the day is. Yeah. You said, hey, is there a chance that we could meet up in the next couple of weekends? I'm thinking yeah, this I just day asked, or like, whatever. Hey, you could be available you know? anytime tomorrow. Sure. And if I wasn't available, you'd say, okay, well, what about Saturday or what about next weekend? Or, like, we'll figure it out. Like, it's, there, it's a non-issue. That's, that's you know? how I would do it professionally. But right. once I send the message, I would start crying. Aw. <laughs> like, oh, he doesn't want to see me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that, you know, and anybody else I work with, that's the way it is, too. You know, I, I, my buddy Gino, um, like, when you and I part ways today, I'm going to finish up some work for him. He's been waiting a couple days. You've been waiting a few, you know, a couple weeks for your stuff too. Like, I'm I'm constantly behind, always. So like, if people don't know that I'm constantly behind and always scheduled out a week in advance, then they don't realize that it's not okay to just say, "Hey, be here tomorrow." But in their mind, I'm six or seven people working out of this office, so I could just say, "Oh, hey, Jim." go take care of this or like, Hey, can you take care of my edits while I go shoot this house for Mary realtor? You know, you're just a one man. Exactly. I'm a one man army. And so that, you know, if you want me 
in Grand Rapids at 3 p.m. on Monday. I can't be there because I'll be in Saugatuck at 3 p.m. on Monday. And like, for you to just say, hey, come to me at this time, it just doesn't work that way because I might not even be like physically in the same city that you need me in. And like a lot of people don't realize that either. Like the Grand Rapids agents don't realize I'm working for Battle Creek agents. The Battle Creek agents don't realize I'm working for South Haven agents. South Haven agents don't realize I'm working down at the state line. So it's like, well, what do you mean you can't be in Constantine, Saugatuck, and Cedar Springs all in one day? It's like, well, that's like six hours of driving one way to touch on all those points. So, like, basically you're asking me, if I do these three jobs, I need to work 20 to 26 hours in order to complete these three tasks. I can't do that, you know? And people get, they're like, what the fuck do you mean you can't do? Like, your job is to show up and all you're doing is taking pictures. Well, it's like, that's not all (laughs) I do. I got to drive to you. Then I have to edit the photos. I have to you know, render them and put them in a, in a folder and present them to you. They need to be labeled. I, I admit, mm-hmm. I have done that occasion. I try not to do it. Like, hey, get, buddy, can you just do that? And this? I'm sure it won't be a problem. <laughs> but, and th- th- that's a great point to bring up though, because at its simplest face, my job is to show up and take pictures. And it is, it is that simple. But in order to do that efficiently, and for two or three hundred clients, um, it requires a lot of organization and a lot of planning. And I don't think that people realize how much planning and organization goes into anything if they're not the ones doing it. Hmm. And so I don't know what kind of planning and organi- organization goes into the work that other people do. And I don't pretend that I do understand that. So when I ask someone to do something for me, I frame it in the same language that you would frame it. Hey, I'm trying to do X. This is what I want to accomplish. I think you can help me. Here's why I think you can help me. Could you help me on this day at this time? If not, is this something that you're open to? Could we schedule a different different way? You know, that's probably how exactly how you approached me the first time that we started working together. It's long enough now I don't fucking remember how it happened. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, uh, a little freak out over the internet. It happens to the best of us. Sure, exactly. At least yours are kind of for more legit reasons. I try try to only complain when people are being really egregious. And when I pop pop it up on Facebook, Facebook, it's mostly because I want the people that might do that to me in the future to see it, to go, (laughs) hey, man. Oh, I hope he doesn't share the last text that I sent him because it's very similar to this one. <laughs> but it's well, mainly the real estate agents. You're my friend. You know, Gino's my friend. Jake Schaff down in Kazu Glassworks, he's my friend. You know, but I'll, I'll work. No, I, I will okay. drop anything to work with you guys. But, and then here's the but is if we're going to plan on it and it's not mission critical. If, if it's a point where, like, I'm working an 18-hour day and, yeah, I only have one hour to, to give to Gino or I only have two or three hours to give to you, it's much more much easier for me to go, oh, I'll do this over the weekend. I, it doesn't need to be done tomorrow. I don't need to email this guy at 5 a.m. with a draft. Like, it can be put off for two days. And so I will do that because it's like, well, it's literally the difference between me getting four hours of sleep or five hours of sleep tonight. And I really think that if I asked Garrett 
at five o'clock in the morning if it's okay if I just put this off until Sunday so that I could actually go to sleep tonight. That no. You would not, yeah, you would, no. you would be cool with that, you know? And it's the same with Gino. Like, I had to kind of apologize to him the other day, and this is all behind-the-scenes baseball shit, but, like, you know, he needed something done. He's got a bit of a soft deadline, and he was just checking in, like, hey, did you get a chance to look at this yet? And I'm like, basically, no, I didn't, but that little board that that's on my door as, as you walk out. It's kind of where I make notes about what's coming up and what I need to be thinking about. And he was at the top of that list. So I just sent him a picture of my board and I was like, no buddy, but you were at the top of my actual yeah. literal list. I, I mean, you got quite a list here. Let's see. Uh, Shulky portfolio migration, Shulky meetup at 12 noon, uh, Slash Garrett's throat and hot body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a little bit iffy on that one. I don't know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> but no, I mean, and that's that's the thing is like I I'm I made a commitment a long time ago to operating my business in a way where I'm approachable and people who need things done can call me and say I need to get this done. What you got for me? That's what I want. But the thing is with these realtors is that everything is too late for them. You know, I've got people that want that want to call me at 8 a.m., have me somewhere at 10, 10 a.m., and then have me have those photos turned around them before 5 p.m. so that they can go fly to Quintana Roo and get their fucking nail, you know, nails done in Mexico. Like, nice. and that literally happens all the time. They're like, oh, I need to rush this because I'm flying out to somewhere tomorrow. <laughs> and like, I can't tell the client that because they don't, you know, they don't need to know that I'm on vacation, but like, I really need you to get this done before 7 PM. But then I look at my schedule and it's like, bitch, I'm not even going to be in my office <laughs> until 9 PM. Like I'm on the road from fucking 8 AM until 10 PM that day. So like what you're asking me to do is not only physically impossible, <laughs> it's also really fucking rude and demonstrates a complete lack of understanding of what is involved into making what you ask me to do done you know like do i have the skills to do what you ask me to do fuck yeah dude but do i have the time to just immediately stop everything that i'm doing to go to to go do something for you probably not you know and i mean unless they're willing to give me a couple of extra 100 dollars bills in order to compensate for the fact that i have to yeah. not not attend to somebody else's shit because my time is 100% booked always. I have projects that are ongoing that it's like, well, when you have free time, work on this. And I have probably 12 of those. So even when I have free time, there's stuff hanging over my head. And it makes it very difficult to, to plan or take course corrective actions when most of the world just, they think of something and they call and it happens. You know, oh, I, I want... I want a leopard print pillbox hash. Yeah, pill, pillbox hash. Good. Type it up on Amazon. That shit's at your door two days yeah. later. That's the world everybody lives in. So they expect me to kind of be like that. They want to go onto my website and click a button and have me show up at their house the next day. <laughs> and like, while I understand that to some people that may seem like a rational ask, it's also really dehumanizing. To just 
be expected to just answer my emails constantly. Like, dude, when I was in the Netherlands in 2019, I got, I had 32 phone calls that I had to make the day that I got back because people just, I would say, Hey, I'm in, I'm in Amsterdam right now. Like I literally, I can't schedule with you right now. They'd be like, okay, well call me when you get back. And 32 times that happened. So 32 times I had to stop my vacation in Europe and text people back in the United States that I'm in Europe and can't, can't, you know, talk to them right Wait, now. don't, don't texts and emails have like a thing where you can put an alert so that it'll like immediately. Yeah, it could it. have, but the, you know, the problem with that is if I go incommunicative for a week, then I could potentially lose those clients. Uh, so it's in my best uh, interest oh yeah, to say, sense. hey, well, I'm not going to be able to help you out, but here's why I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Text me the details. I'll write it. I'll write up a ticket on the plane ride home, and that's what I did. You know, and that's kind of what the ask is. If you want to be the boss of your business, you don't get to take time off. You just don't because it exists with you. It's in your brain. It's your abilities. So, like, I don't just turn on a switch in my own brain to on Monday morning that says now is when you can take photos. It's like I always have that ability. I can always turn on my computer and edit photos. But I have to limit the times because I can't do that every hour of every day of every week of every month. I have to send I have to spend X amount of time doing it so that I can have time for Y and W and S item. I can't like the time management of being a, a business owner that's self-employed is like very different from how most people structure their lives. And so I have to be really understanding when people call me and they expect certain things because for me, I don't get the luxury of expecting anything. Every single job is different. Every house is different. Every interaction is different. Every set of circumstances that I arrive on site with is different. So it's like my job isn't necessarily, it's like 10% the ability to take good photos and 90% customer service skills hmm. because I got to be able to show up and when they're not ready, not blow up in their face be like, well, thank you. You just single-handedly turned my nine hour day into a 14 hour day. I hope you die a fucking miserable <laughs> death. Like I can't say that to someone in their own home, you know? Yeah. So it's more like, I got to be uh, like, okay, well, well, we'll work it out. And then I just eat the cost. I don't know. You, know? Uh, you, you could do that potentially. I mean, I'm a recent, uh, Non nonprofit entrepreneur in Grand Rapids who, uh, after some of his shitty behavior, I called him a creep, and uh, <laughs> he promptly sent me a message request to send me a death threat. Ugh. So you can do it if he can do it, you can do it too, Zach. I'm glad. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I sometimes I wonder if if like the unbreakable aspects of my personality help or hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. Stop being a bitch. Come to my inbox and if you saw me in person, you e scared as fuck. Get the fuck out of here, bitch. That's a great message. Yeah, I'm committing libel here, but uh folks, do not support reset GR, wake up GR. 
the guy who runs is a fucking grifter who's uh, got some weird beliefs about Asian people marrying racist white people to keep black people down, I guess. Yikes. Yeah, don't do it. Complex <laughs> world we live in these days. Okay, so... To finish up here, uh, sure. winter, <laughs> winter, winter camping, winter camping. Yay, yay or nay? Yay. It's a lot of fun. A lot of work, but a lot of fun. But it's survivable, right? It's survivable. Yeah. Okay, good, because I still obsess every day about putting it, going going through my, just uh, going full Ted Kaczynski and <laughs> running into the woods. Trust me, dude. And, that and, might be where my fucking... <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad to know that Not I'll be... Not Ted Kaczynski, but... I'm glad know. to know I'll be able to survive and... That I won't die while I'm in the middle of making a special package for the governor of Texas. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. No, I will say Texas. <sighs> God. No, I, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of behavior just like that. Uh, what, recession, secessionist behavior. Like not, not from the federal government, but secessionist from society. Yeah. Like, the idea of just, like, getting 10 acres of land and just, like, being your own, responsible for your own shit, that, like, sort yeah. of libertarian bend agriculturist, that agriculturalist, like, loner, white tower philosopher person yeah. sort of archetype. Yeah. I feel <laughs> myself slipping into yeah. that really bad. Oh, yeah. A lot of times, too, but... To, to quote the mayor of uh, Houston, I believe it was, who got very angry that people were angry at him for not, you know, doing stuff to help them during the snowstorm. In Which Texas. is his literal job. Yeah, they pay yeah. him to do that. Yeah. Uh, the weak die and the strong survive. Sure. And just like you folks, only the strongest listen to this two-hour, 40-minute podcast. <laughs> and uh, I think we're done here. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, we're gonna leave her at that. Yep. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. You got your two hours and forty minutes of Zach Elmblad. Only the strong will literally survive. Pow. All right, uh, Zach. Uh, let's do some promos. Anything cool. with you? I don't really have anything new. Just we just briefly talked about how my website hasn't been updated in like five years. So I guess maybe in the next five years I will update it. So check that. Uh, haven't up. Updated anything on Instagram in probably months. I very rarely post to Facebook. Um, but you can come find me at the Park Trade Center in downtown Kalamazoo. Knock on my door, though, because it's fucking locked. <laughs> but not to me, though. Never for me. <laughs> no, I do. He- I did hear that uh, there's been some rumblings about Art Hop being a thing again. Really? Um, uh, to circle this all the way back to, um, uh, like, post-COVID putting life back together. Yeah. Um, they don't have a date for art hop, but apparently it is now in conversation when public, there we go. Public's going to be allowed in this building again. Well, so, out the dude operate. Good Lord. Which is a folks dude operates this weird parade where <laughs> the hipsters around here dress up in costumes and shit and parade through streets. Yeah, and it was sponsored by a radio station. Very nice. <laughs> Not wider, some other no, station. WKFR. Yeah, wider can't afford it. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, so that's my plugs. Um it, my my plugs are be a good human, go out into the world and do good things. And then when you do them, think Zach told me to do this. <laughs> well, this, well, I would like to promote uh, 
kill people, burn shit, fuck school. <laughs> Not me, that's Tyler the Creator back in the day. For real, folks, uh, you can find everything on my main website, garrishelke.tumblr.com. And, uh, oh, you're listening to this podcast on some station, and if you want to listen to another one or to download, here is, I've been pretty busy this past month, and now my podcast is available on a grand total of 14 websites. Holy shit. You know, Zach, you called me a madman. When I when when I said I could put everything on for free, but you said I had to pay for it. Well, I showed you, didn't did you I? Did. Not? You did. And you know what? I flubbed at the last two episodes with Ben Tanzer and Dan Denton, but I have them all listed right here. Perfect. Here it is, all fourteen where you can find this podcast. <clears throat> Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Internet Archive, YouTube. Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Audio Mac, Listen Notes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What a list. Yep. You can listen to it all on there. And uh, specifically, if you want to download podcasts, because like me, you don't have the data plan to stream everything all the time, Internet Archive and Listen Notes, you can download them on there. Legit. Yeah, and I uh, think that's it. Uh, Zach, thanks for being on. Thanks for sincere. Thanks for doing all the work you do for me. Of course. To like get one fan and like two sales. (laughs) (laughs) We see you, fan. Thanks for listening, buddy. Yeah, actually, uh, shout out to like apparently my biggest fan, according to like anchor statistics, is I think based in Ashburn, Virginia. Hmm. So, shout out, Virginia. Yeah, so shout out to you. I love you, whoever you are. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that's the podcast, folks. Thanks for listening. Zach, thanks for being on. At last, here is the outro song.
just where you think it should.